To the first hour of Heavy Hitters, we are back bright and early on this Monday morning. Hope everybody enjoyed their weekend. Mitch, it's always going to be back. It's a great time of year, man. We yes, got sir. March Madness right around the corner. We're starting the lesson week countdown. Just over six days till Selection Sunday. Next week, the week of spring break, just kick back and watch some college basketball. That's what I'm going to be doing. I don't know about you, Mr. Spedley, but another countdown uh, is on is upon us here, I should say. The countdown till opening day. We are less than four weeks away oh, till the start of the MLB regular season. Goodness gracious, I'm so excited. Yeah, man. you believe it. Can you believe it, Mr. Heim? Uh, how was your weekend, man? My weekend was good. I spent it. Uh, didn't really have a whole lot of homework, so that was good. Nice. I uh, had a little work, but that's fine. Make some, make some moolah. Some moolah. I was going to say moolah. <laughs> Yo. Yes, sir. What we a were, start. What yes, a start, sir. Bro. We, were, we, we on the same page already. Had the, uh, the girlfriend's dad's birthday. Celebrating. There you go. So Celebration. Celebration. Celebrate good times. Come on. Yeah. Um, wow, well, I'm not even the one singing today. That's crazy, dude. What's going on? Uh, I'm so not yeah. tired today. That's what's going on. I just got back like, you know, 30 minutes ago. It's okay, though. We're good. He's here for the show, folks. It's all that matters. Welcome to the show. Uh, yeah. So I was up at 6.30, which means I have a little hey, more energy here. today. So I got a little more pep in my step. Both up at 6.30, bright and early. Oof. That so. is gross. Yeah, you have a class at 8. That's disgusting. Yeah. but Disgusting. We manage. We manage uh, on the docket today. We are, like I mentioned, you got to talk about some spring training stuff. Uh, how both of our teams try not to be like the '98 Braves. Oh, a Morgan Wallen reference. It only took us like three minutes. Yeah, you know I had to get that in there. Get I love early. that. It's I'm gonna talk about it at some point. It's such a good song. Good song. Good album. Give it a listen. Oh please. Uh, we were actually just running through which tracks we like the most. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So being that you know we drove home. Uh, not my home, but we drove to Hershey this weekend, right? We had two hour plus drives, so you know we ran through quite a few songs of that album a couple times. Specifically yeah. last night, about thirty. <laughs> <laughs> thirty listens later. <laughs> okay, I've had enough of this. Last night. <laughs> I've had enough of this. All right. Well, we are going to get right into it. We do have a good amount to talk about, and oh, man, I don't even know where to start. Uh, I guess let's start. We'll, we'll talk about our two teams and sure. the baseball side of things as we always do. Uh, any spring training tidbits you got to start us off, Mr. Smedley? First thing I'm going to start off with is the potential generational talent in Andrew Painter. Uh, by the way, perfect name for a pitcher, might I add. Um, I didn't uh, didn't he have to go for an MRI on something? That's the problem. He's got some elbow soreness. Uh, after making no his bueno. first uh, spring training start, he went two innings, allowed one run. He was firing hard, man. He was he was kind of I think he was trying to push a little too hard right out of the shoot. The kid's 19. He's only had I think like 21 inning experience in Double uh, A. Like this kid is fresh, and uh, it's gonna. I, I think you really don't want to rush it. I'd be okay with Falter being your five on opening day if it means that this kid is healthy for the long term. I was mulling over that in my mind uh, before his start. This only solidifies that in my mind. I don't know about you, Jack, but. Uh, you know, when you have someone like this, you don't want to delay them, delay them, delay them too much, but you need to be conscious of it. He's 19. He's obviously uh, got something going on now, and, and now it's really time to pump the brakes and, and evaluate where you're at with the with the prospect situation there. Um, being that you already do have a workable, more than workable rotation. I mean, Tyon Walker's your four starter, and Bailey Falter is what he is. 
Um, Christopher Sanchez now in line to be the sixth starter with Painter. Uh, yeah, on the shelf. Maybe we, we don't know how for how long. Yeah, we don't, we don't want, know. How we don't want to speculate out. things and, and put out inaccurate information. But you know, getting those tests, uh, My, you, you want to down. You, you don't want to downplay it, but you want to be cautious. You want to be cautious. That's the thing. Like even if he's fully healthy, I don't think it's wrong to say that the best thing might be to not have him up on opening day. I agree. Right? I don't. Like, I don't think he should be up on opening day, considering what the highest he got this year was double A. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that was like what down the tail end of the season. Yes, I'd like to see him get a little bit more minor league work before you rush him into the majors because that's how you can ruin a kid's development. Let's say he gets called up opening day, gets the first couple starts, but he gets shelled, has like a five plus ERA through like you know four or five turns around the rotation, and now this kid's confidence is completely down you know down the drain. Mm-hmm. Then you got to send him down. He goes back down to the minor leagues, and you never know what a player's you know mindset can be. After that, so the last thing you want to do is rush a kid to the majors when you don't need to, ruin his confidence, and then you don't know if the season just takes a complete downward spiral, and then this year kind of goes out the window and has to kind of regain that next Mm -hmm. year. So don't want to ruin a kid's development. I'd say the best thing for him, start him either in AA or in AAA, uh, depending on how you know the Phillies evaluation personnel and how the elbow stuff shakes out too. I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into this, uh, and there's a lot of people who go into making these decisions, which is why. It takes so much for a professional sports organization to function at a high level yeah. because there has to be very competent people at all levels to make sure everything's going right. Not just in the major league level, but throughout, throughout all levels of the minor leagues, even throughout the international scouting levels, uh, single A, double A, triple A. I mean, it goes all up and down. Uh, so that's why you have to have very, very smart people who know the game very well. Uh, all the ins and outs of it, just injury evaluations, uh, you know. Putting your players in positions to succeed in positions where they can feel comfortable uh, to be able to move up throughout your minor league system, uh, that, that probably doesn't get talked about enough, but there's so much that goes into uh, how these guys get to the major leagues and how they become generational talents. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's because of the hard work that they do, they do, but it's because of the, the great people in the organization that usually don't get their names called. Uh, that help in that said development. But yep. other, uh, just a, Oh, do you have to read a notebook? Yeah, I was just going to okay. do that real yeah, quick. Yeah, sorry. Uh, a quick message from the KU Renopa Contention K community. The KU Presents Family Series concludes on Sunday, March 19th at 2 p.m. with a performance from Jason Bishop at Schaefer Auditorium. From his breathtaking double levitation to his cutting-edge op art and plasma illusions, Jason Bishop features stunning and original state-of-the-art magic with a totally modern energy and an outstanding rock and pop soundtrack. To purchase tickets, you can log on to kutztown.universitytickets.com Call 610-683-4092 or stop by the Schaefer Auditorium box office, which is open Tuesdays through Thursdays from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. by appointment only. We hope you can check out this fun event. This message of community interest is brought to you by Radio Voice of Coastal University. KUR, right back into the nitty-gritty in hour number one. Yes, sir. Jack, I'm alongside Mitchell Smedley with you. Glad you could take some time out of your Monday morning to join in with us. Your two favorite sports talk hosts. Come on now. Let's be real here. But, uh... Getting back into the baseball talk. So humble, talk. Jack. Wow. Yeah, I know. Thank you. Sorry. I hope we are anyway. I hope you are your two favorite sports talk hosts. We try to make definitely my two favorite. Oh, that's just a little bit of a biased opinion. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we we hope your listening experience is pretty is fair and balanced to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, oh my goodness. Let's just get a back few other a uh, few other players I wanted to touch on for the Phils real quick. Then we'll send it up to the Big Apple, or rather down to where do you guys play? Uh, Port St. Lucie? Yeah. Yeah, we'll send it down to Florida. I don't know if that's north. I think that's north of Clearwater, if I, I had think. to take an assumption. I, th- I, I assume they're both on the west coast, though. Yeah. Um, on that 
Gulf of Mexico. Yeah, west coast of Florida. Yeah. So uh, a few other fillers I wanted to touch on. Kyle Schwarber finally awoke the other day, hit a bomb after a Trey Turner double. Um, you know, that that's how Schwarber's going to be. It's going to be like three strikeouts one day, a home run and a walk the next. That, that's just the Schwarber way. Uh, I've come to worship it. The Kyle Schwarber experience. Yes. <laughs> um, also, I turned on the game for all of about three batters uh, on Saturday, maybe two batters uh, on Saturday, and I watched a ball absolutely get smashed by uh, by the big man himself, Alec Bohm, who just he just looks different. He just looks different, Jack. Uh, hitting the ball hard, even if it's not going out of the the stadium, which it is now a little bit more. Uh, I'm very excited for Alec Bohm. Uh, Trey Turner, like I said, had that double, just keeps hitting for average. Um, you know, not too much power that we've seen yet at all, but I don't care. Um, being the best leadoff hitter we've seen here in quite some time. Um, other players I wanted to talk about. Uh, Scott Kingery is in the lineup again today. For some odd reason, he still exists. Didn't know that before last week. Uh, Zach Wheeler came out of the shoot. Firing up around, I believe, 98-99, I think was where they they had him clocked at. And that's just impressive, especially considering, you know, the long season he had last year, battering a shoulder and forearm thing uh, at the start and middle of the season, respectively, and pitching into November. uh, is just insane that he's coming out that hot. Hope it continues, but with him and Painter, I'm just worried about them kind of overusing the pitchers too much early here in the spring. Um, You know, you need these guys for the long haul. This team is geared up for a deep playoff run again. Um, Need to take it slow. And over to Point St. Lucie. All right. Well, all things Mets on my end. Uh, I had some exciting things over this weekend. A couple of uh, new acquisitions made their Mets debuts in spring training. JV, Justin Verlander, goes three innings on 35 pitches. Three strikeouts, gave up a run, but he looked like himself. Uh, The reigning Cy Young did on the American League side of things with the last year's world champion Astros. Uh, But, I mean, look, it doesn't feel real to me yet that Justin Verlander is a Met. Like, you know, like I saw him pitch in a Mets uniform, but it still fully hasn't sunk it in yet that Justin Verlander, a (laughs) first ballot Hall of Famer, is a Met. Is a New York Met. Like I'm, with, I'm there with Turner, man. That it's it's just like right. I'm not used to this still yet. Like this is only. I mean, I get it. It's year three of Cohen, but like getting these types of players. I know, like last year was kind of the same thing with Scherzer. It's like we really have Max Scherzer. Like this is incredible, and I'm just kind of the same thing with Verlander. I mean, I, I guess I'm not gonna say I guess. I'm like it's gonna be a reassuring feeling come opening day, but man, it's just so nice to see a pitcher of his his caliber even. If it's down the final couple of years of his career to just pitch in the blue and orange, it's just whew, to get those types of players on this team, man. It's it's just still such a breath of a fresh breath of air, I guess. I don't know. Breath I, of fresh air. Yeah, I was gonna say that, then I flip flop, second guess myself. Lesson to take with you: don't second guess yourself. Go with your gut. Jack's um, hooked on a feeling over here. So yeah, I guess you could say that. Jack sees Verlander and just goes, "Ooh, gachaka." Yeah, I mean, he was uh, he was feeling it, man. He's feeling yeah, it. Gene man. Segura. Ooh, Marlins uh, got punched out on a pitch clock violation in the fourth inning of one of the games. Mm. I believe that was on Saturday. Oh, two count, didn't get set in time. You see the umpire go, punch out, and David Peterson walks off the mound. So, <laughs> Actually, David Peterson left that game with a bruised left foot, uh, mm. so he'll be day-to-day. Uh, Jose Quintana, Mets injury front, uh, he left Sunday's game with some left side tightness. He will not be pitching for now Team Columbia in the World Baseball Classic. He'll be staying back at Mets camp trying to ensure that he will be fully healthy 
by the time opening day rolls around. And we're starting to see this a little bit. Vladdy Jr. I was going to say, who was the big name? It was Vlad Guerrero, right? Yeah, Vlad Guerrero Jr. will not yeah. be playing for the Dominican Republic as he is dealing with, where is it here, knee inflammation. Uh, so he'll be staying back at Blue Jays camp, making sure he's all good for opening year with the Blue Jays. And we're starting to see this a little bit for all different teams. Uh, the, the injury bug kind of start to roll around. Uh, I mean, this stuff, this stuff happens. And we obviously hope everyone's okay for, for their respective teams in the opening yeah. day. Uh, we see Shohei Otani just hitting bombs in an exhibition game for Team Japan. I saw it on social media this morning. Three run jacks all over the place. I mean, this guy's incredible. Uh, one, of the, one of the greatest talents we've, we've seen in the past couple of years into the league. We're going to see it for years to come. But uh, back to Mets side of things. Uh, one of the biggest headlines, I think, of Mets camp has been how good these prospects have been hitting, man. Woo! They've been tearing the cover off the ball. I mean, I've been... I've been loving the way Brett Beatty's been swinging the bat. He's probably going to break camp, uh, make the team. So excited for him. I mean, that bat's look good. He can hit it to all fields. Just a smooth swing he's got. It's just something about watching that kid at the baseball. Uh, just as, as a fan, and you know a good swing when you see one. And, and that kid's got it. So it's just putting it all together uh, with improving the fielding day by day. Uh, but Beatty, I think, has been the, you know, the headline of the Mets prospects uh, in, in spring training so far. On Saturday, Mark Vientos... Uh, said, hold on, I'm going to have a day real quick. Two monster home runs, including one hit 469 feet dead center field, 111 miles an hour off the bat. I mean, wow, that thing was scorched off the top of the uh, netting, which is in a place of the batter's eye. But that thing was crushed. I mean, wow. Longest I've seen a Met player at a baseball in quite some time. I mean, that's like a Pete Alonso range shot. But, uh, yeah, that got me a little bit excited. Maurice has been hitting some tanks as well. Uh, so just to see these prospects feel so comfortable on uh, hitting the baseball pretty far off some major league talent, too. I mean, this is off Jordan Montgomery uh, on Sunday, Lindor to bomb there. Uh, who else had one on Sunday? That was a prospect. I mean, Tim McCasher had a couple doubles who might break camp as Mets fourth outfielder. Who knows? Uh, let's see here. I'm trying to find if any of our prospects hit that off uh, off uh, any any Cardinals uh, starting pitchers, uh, like <laughs> roster pitchers. Oh, former Philly, JoJo Romero uh, hey. on the Cardinals. Part uh, of the uh, blockbuster Edmundo Sosa deal. Yeah, Alonzo had a home run off him. Yesterday. By the way, Edmundo Sosa, that's a player I completely forgot to run through in my breakdown. Man, is he having a spring. Like, I, I got to look up his stats so far. He just seems like he's always on base. And the fact that they're working him in to play center field potentially – it gets me so excited for Edmundo Sosa because you were you were worried that like, you know, with that Turner, guy that guy couldn't hit boat falling out, uh, couldn't hit water falling out of a boat last year. No, he couldn't until the end when he started to hit uh, a little more actually, but um, just like seeing him hit and and it, the reason it gives me comfort and trust me everything doesn't go back to him but it's because of Brandon Marsh, right? <laughs> Brandon Marsh is your center fielder, and the problem is. As He's much Brandon as Edmundo Sosa couldn't hit, Brandon Marsh could hit less. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon Marsh could hit even worse. <laughs> yes. And to be able to have, uh, you know, two bats instead of one that are really not good all the time, uh, <laughs> it gives you a higher chance to in the, in the, toward the end of a game if you need to bring someone in, like, off the bench. Brandon Marsh's spot comes up. Edmundo Sosa, he's a righty as opposed to a lefty, right? It, it gives you matchups you can play. Flexibility. Yeah, it gives you flexibility in center field, which is something that this I was really worried about with the Phillies not signing a fourth outfielder like Fam that the Mets got. Or or did he go to the Red Sox? Mets, yeah. Mets. He uh, was who went Sox. to the Red Sox? Uh, uh, Adam Duvall. Yeah, Duvall, the Braves guy. I couldn't think of him. Um, 
Yeah, so just the fact that they didn't sign a player like that uh, got under my skin, but seeing how Edmundo Sosa's bat seems to be... I, I think it's the Kevin Long effect, man. That guy is just such a good hitting coach. Yeah, he's bounced his way around the NL East. Yeah. With the Mets, Nationals, Phillies. Yeah, well, he's very good. And uh, I'm just I'm just very excited for this this core of hitters. I think we're really finally a team that can hit and a team that's going to be able to hit. I heard a stat today that um, I think I realized but never really set in that eight of the nine... Uh, starting lineup guys for the Phillies, uh, the one being Reese Hoskins that's not included, are signed through at least 2025. Yeah. Like, not bad. these guys are here to stay, man. Here to stay. I just like the depth the Mets have. Like Mets you, do have good depth. Like, yeah. if you look up and down the Mets roster, like, not in both ways, like, pitching, hitting, like, it, it's, a, it's, it's really good. And that's what championship teams are made of. I think a lot of the, the high-caliber teams uh, in baseball have that, that quality depth and guys that you know if you need someone in a pinch, you can put in a dependable guy. It's a really good point. So know? I think we got you beat on playmakers, but you got us beat on depth, like no question in my mind. So yeah, two I mean, different makeups. Yeah, a little bit. Of, my goodness. Ooh. Wow. Okay, there. Hold up, there, pal. Whoa. Jack needs some water. I do need some water. <laughs> gonna get that on. Gonna get that on our break. Yeah. Which rec you need to take right now? First break of today's show. When we come back, we'll further get into our baseball discussion, kind of wrapping up our talk about our two teams, and then taking a little bit of a snapshot around the list, the rest of the league, and what some of the biggest headlines are at this point in time in spring training. So don't go anywhere. Plenty more sports talk coming right next on the flip side of this break on Heavy Eaters Radio Voice of Cutstown University. K or Cutstown. And welcome back to Aviators, everybody here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. Jack, I'm Mitchell Spedley here with you on this Monday morning. Plenty to talk about. We were just talking about our two favorite teams on the MLB side of things. Spring training headlines, notes, and tidbits, and everything in between. As we probably just picked up Mitchell Spedley unzipping his jacket. At least I heard it in my headphones, which means it might have went out over air. But that's a little funny. You never, know, you never know what to expect on heavy hitters. Voice cracks, uh, unzipping of jackets. <laughs> Uh, SpongeBob references. I mean, we got pretty much everything gets encapsulated uh, in these two hours that we do on Mondays big and words. Wednesdays. Yeah, call it the big, the big words. Nice on this Monday morning. Wake Anyways. everybody up. So keep talking Mets, buddy. Yeah, I mean, I could talk about the Mets for for quite a while. Uh, but man, I don't know about you, Mitch, but spring training is just such a giant tease, right? Dude, it's a, it's a like giant tease, and it's 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 just a. It's a big sign that happiness is just around the corner. Yeah. Jumping jellyfish. That's a big sign. I was waiting for <laughs> I it. Was I, I was waiting for I was it. Really trying to stretch it in there, you know. So, yeah, I mean, we are, we're over a week now into spring training. A lot of the newcomers have made their debuts for a lot of teams. Yeah. And um, now it's like that time where it's like the guys that succeeded, can they continue it? That's when you really start to get excited, right? And then the guys that didn't do so well right out of the shoot, you know, can they have bounce backs in the second half of the spring? It's like, it's just so exciting. It's so exciting. You know what's crazy? At least in the Mets anyway. I don't know if I've said, I mean, it's probably similar with how the Philly schedule works out, but marking this Saturday, there's two full weeks and one day of spring training games. Wow. So from Saturday the 11th, it goes the 11th to the 18th, one week, 18th to 25th, two, and then there's a game on the 26th, and then the Mets are off for three days before traveling down to Miami. For their opening day. Oh, you guys opened in Miami. Game. I forgot about that. That's yeah. so stupid. Well, we both open uh, in states with some pretty warm weather. Okay. Yeah. I and guess. both states that can play in- indoors if need be. Yeah. Um, well, actually, the Marlins pretty much always play indoors. But yeah. And then, do you guys have another road series after that, or do you come home? Yeah. No, we play at Milwaukee. Ooh, the Brew Crew. The Brew Crew, baby. 
Brew Crew. That's an easy opening. You're going to go like 6 and 0. Oh. I hope. You're going to be 6 and 0. Oh. Well, we play 7. Marlins for 4, Brewers oh. for 3. Well, you might be 6 seven. and 0 oh at one point. <laughs> it's so it's so weird because you play the Marlins for 4 at Milwaukee and then home to Miami for 3 and then we don't What? Play, and then we don't Are you play, kidding me? And then we don't play the Marlins again until September. Wow, it's going to be 10 and 0, oh, buddy. I hope. 10 and 0. Oh, Sign me up for that, please. Oh. And thank you. If you want to see Jack just float up to the ceiling, bring him in on a Monday where the Mets just opened up 10 and 0. Mr. Krabs. <laughs> I, I just thought of like a SpongeBob floating up like an angel. That's yeah. that's what I pictured. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> Remember that audio stretch of that clip? Oh, my goodness, yes. Mr. Krabs. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Anyways. Well, we're going to move on. What, uh, other, uh, what other headlines have caught your eye around the major leagues of baseball, Jim? Uh Let's see. Broke yesterday, uh, Mike Clevenger, who signed with the White Sox on the offseason. He won't face any disciplinary uh, action after an abuse complaint filed against him, so he's all clear uh, for, for Chicago. That's I was going to make for a... the White Sox. Okay. Never mind. Yeah, I think, I think we should just keep that one we're gonna away. We're going to keep that one away. I, I just... How is this man in? He's not a good pitcher. Oh, that's it. Okay, I don't know where you're gonna go, but I think no. I'll, I'll tell you what. So, which game did he pitch for the? He was a Padres. Guy, oh yeah, right? yeah. I, he was in. I think it was game three. I in don't Philly. One of them was in Philly. No, I think it was game, game four because he didn't yeah. get an out. Yeah, because Falter gave up three, and then he comes in. Clevenger does and doesn't get an out, and the Phillies put up. What four. a start to this game! Four three in the blink of an eye. Yeah. Joe Davis. Yeah, Mike Clevenger, certified scrub. Dude, that was just a like that's one of the bigger roller coasters of emotions I've ever gone on in a game because as soon as we tied it up, Juan Soto just eliminated a baseball to right field, yeah. gone. And then and then Reese Hoskins, his second of the night to tie it up, and then off the bag and into center field. I just love how he he just started off so calm. Castellanos bounces one up the middle. Off the back and in the center. <laughs> Goodness gracious. He sounds so angry. Yeah, he does. He I does. Love it. Uh, Red Sox James Paxton will unlikely be ready for the start of the season, and a team that doesn't really have a great starting pitching rotation uh, gets dealt a blow there. So Don't they I mean, Nick Pavetta? Th- yeah, they do. to solve it. The Red Sox are just such a weird constructed team. Yeah. Like, they didn't, I mean, they kind of went for it, but they didn't. Like, they got some acquisitions. They got Yoshida from Japan. They got Justin Turner. They got Duvall. Uh, they re-signed Devers for 11 years, but they lost Bogar. It's like, they're just such a weird spot. Like, they're not in a position where I think they're going to compete. They're but they're not the going to be team. miserable either. Yeah, they're yeah. going to be, like, middle of the pack. Like, probably get, like, anywhere from, like, 75 to 80-ish wins, I would picture. Like last year's Brewers. You know yeah, I mean? I'd say a little slightly worse than that. I think a little worse than that. Yeah, I, don't know. I think they're similar. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Pitching I, might not be as good. Yeah, I mean, I just think the division games are going to be tough for them because I mean, I think Tampa, Toronto, and and the Yankees are all better than not them. as many of those though. So I mean, yeah, I mean, they got they still got to play thirteen though, and yeah, when you're playing really talented teams, I mean, it's division games. Anything can happen. But, yeah, you know, it's just weird. I don't know. It is weird. I think like, I think the Red Sox are a team where the less divisional games have a big benefit for. Like, the record will look better because they're not going to be playing those in-division games as much. It's a good point. So. It's a good point. I'm trying to think of other teams who can get benefited by that. Uh, I think of the, um, I don't know, anyone in the West. Yeah. That is not the Dodgers and Padres. I agree. I think the D-backs could make a big benefit out of that. Yeah. 
Because D-backs were your team that is going to make improvements. I love the D-backs. Tell me why you love the D-backs. They're just they're young. They they're young. They made a really good trade this offseason. Underrated. They traded Dalton Varsho to the Blue Jays. They got a good haul in return. Uh, headlined by top catching prospect Gabriel Moreno. Uh, I mean, Gabriel. the D backs are just getting young. They're getting young. They have a lot of promising guys coming through the system already. Corbin Carroll's already in the big leagues. He's an outfielder. Uh, profiles as a center fielder, but he can also play left. Uh, who I love. I mean, he's just got all five tools. Very fast. Good glove. Good back to ball skills. And he's got a little pop in that bat too. Uh, I think he's a guy who could be a perennial gold glove guy and, and a guy who's going to be able to you know, hit for it pretty high average, uh, drive in some runs, but also steal a lot of bases. Uh, so he's just a very valuable player for Arizona. They got, you know, like I mentioned, Moreno coming up. Christian Walker had a good year last year um, in the middle infield. They got Cattell Marte, who I think is going to have a bounce back year. Uh, who else they got? Why am I blanking on some names here? Pitching-wise, they got Zach Gallen, who's really good. Zach Gallen is very good. I mean, that, that trade with, with the D-backs and the Marlins, it sent Gallen to, to Arizona and Jazz Chisholm to Miami. I think both teams very much won that trade. Mutually beneficial deal for both sides. Um, let's see what else here. You know what trade wasn't mutually beneficial uh, was the Sandy Alcantara trade. Uh, Cardinals sent Alcantara to Miami. Marcelo Zuna went back to, to St. Louis a couple years ago. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that I one was bad. about that. Bad trade. Oh, my goodness. There's just those deals. I mean, the Cubs and the White Sox struck a deal that sent uh, Dylan Cease and Eloy Jimenez to to the south side uh, with uh, who headlined that deal for, for the for I the That was the like Cubs. 2021, right? Maybe. I think that was two years ago. Yeah, a couple At years ago. At the trade deadline, right? I uh, believe so, maybe. Yeah. I'll have to look back on exactly I remember what that. happened. But yeah, that, that one, did not looking good for the Cubs. Dylan Cease is not filthy. very good. Very filthy. And Eloy Jimenez, when he's healthy, he could hit 30 plus, 30 plus tanks. So Yeah. Yeah, it's just fun looking back on some weird trades that that happened. Uh, but anyway. stick out for the Mets? Or? Oh, let's see. I remember when the Mets got Cespedes right at the, at the end of the deadline in 2015 mm-hmm. when we sent Michael Fulmer, Luis Sessa, and uh, oh, who else was it? There was another guy in there. I can't remember who it is. Uh, up to Detroit. It's like a last-minute deal. Yeah. I remember MLB Network breaking it, and it was like, whoa, we just got that guy? I was like, yeah, this it's showtime. But uh, anything else? Ooh, other Mets trades. Uh, Mets traded. I don't want to talk about Darren Ruff. Um, <laughs> that was ugly. that day was just so weird, man. It was. Giving last, up oh, Hoppy la, last year, Yeah, kidding? last year's deadline day was just so bizarre. That was so weird. Um, I know it's not baseball, but that A.J. Brown trade. Mwah. Love okay. it. Okay. I just love it. I'm so happy. I just can't wait. We got to talk about NFL draft in the coming weeks. Like, yeah. that'll be a thing. Not quite yet. Not yet, but like I said, in the coming weeks. Yeah, in the coming weeks. It, what are we, a month? That, when is the draft? Is it end of April? Yeah, like, uh, I think it's like middle April. Gross. So, yeah, but, I, I, you know, the Eagles aren't going to go back to the Super Bowl, but they're still going to be a good team. And, like, co- the thing with the Eagles, it's, it seems they either go to the Super Bowl or they're not competitive. Like it is so five, weird. In the last five years, like it's so odd. Um, even when they go to the playoffs, it's like because everyone in the division won like five games. So I'm just I'm just excited to have a competitive team next year. You know, bracing for the heartbreak, but it yeah. is what it is. Oh, what else we got to talk about baseball wise? Uh, these new rules. We we keep seeing how the the pitch clock keeps te- keeps taking shape. Uh, Max Scherzer got called for a balk and they start against the Nationals. Mm. On Friday, I believe. Yes, that was March third, Friday. Uh, I can count back. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just these pitchers experimenting with this stuff. I mean, he was 
it was funny because there was a sequence where he got held set. Riley Adams gets in the box for Washington, calls his timeout. Scherzer quick, puts the ball back, then quick gets set again. Adams steps in, blows it by him, strikes him out. Hmm. It was just, it's just so interesting now how the pitchers have a lot of control over the pace of the game and how we didn't really see that before. Without the pitch clock, batters could take their time, you know, do their little, you know, routine they do before they step in the box. Uh, pitchers have to wait. And it's, you know, that kind of chess match element has kind of been taken, I wouldn't say fully taken out, but kind of removed from the game. It's really cool. It, it, it is because the pitchers now get to really decide how. You know, faster. So I mean, you got to move with the 15 second pitch clock. You got to move a little bit, but but they can really dictate how things go, and that's going to be interesting to see how over a full course of 162. And you see the, uh, I think it was Mets fans uh, like counting down the pitch. I clock. don't like that. Why? I think it's just lame. I think it's corny. It's corny, but it, it's at least something to kind of get people interested between pitches. Yeah, I guess more crowd noise in baseball never a bad thing. Yeah, you no, know, I, I like the crowd noise, but I I want it to be cool crowd noise. I think that's just kind of pretty. Black crowd noise, like, oh yeah, we're gonna count down and try to throw the pitcher off. He knows. He can see the pitch clock. He's not a dummy. Remember, um, speaking of getting in pitchers' heads, I think was it Kershaw? I think was on the mound in Philly. And uh is it I think it's Kershaw that like has like that weird start to his pitch, right? Where he goes like and he leans up, right? And all the fans started doing it. Do you know what I mean? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh I wasn't that Kimbrell? I think it was Kimbrel. Yeah, I knew it was a Dodger. Knew it was a Dodger. Yeah, because he like acts like a kind of type of condor thing where he has his like arms like out wide and yeah. then brings it in and then goes to the plate. Yeah. Now Philly fans can <laughs> imitate that in happiness because he's on the team. So. Yeah, exactly. So that's that funny. just popped it, like trying to throw him off. It ended up in a walk. Yeah, one. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Philly fans one, Craig Kimbrel zero. <laughs> now Craig Kimbrel's gonna ruin every game for the next year. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I think something we're starting to see though is the the stolen bases too. Yeah, having speed on your team this year is going to be huge. It's a beautiful huge thing. huge thing for success. And I mean, the Mets. I've been starting to see it. We're watching their games a little bit, following along. I mean, uh, on Saturday, I believe, yeah, it was Saturday. Uh, throwing. I mean, we're seeing throwing errors by pitchers. Mets scored two runs on a throwing error from the pitcher on a pickoff. Uh, uh, to third base, I think. Man. How do you score two runs in an errant pickoff throw? I think the guy was on first base and he scored. Wow. Maybe he was on second. I don't know. One of the two. Makes a big difference, but still. I mean, that's bad. That's really bad. Uh, Tim LaCastro's got blazing speed. I think he's like top 10 in the league in, uh, in sprint speed. Uh, so we, we know he's fast. Uh, at least he was a couple years ago with the D-backs. I think he still is. Uh, but anyway, he stole third, scored on a throwing error. So, I mean, just having speed and being able to make guys have to you know, make pinpoint accurate throws down to the base to get you uh, and throw it away. I mean, that that could be a big difference maker this year uh, and getting you some extra runs. So it worries me for people like Bohm, right? That's nerve-wracking. Yeah. Hoskins, right? Those two, the corner guys, really. <laughs> yeah. The middle of the infield's locked up. I like Stott. I like Turner, but oh, boy. He's got a good arm at JT behind the dish. Oh, JT's fantastic. He's got yeah. a cannon. Yeah. So. Best catcher in baseball. I mean, yeah, I don't think that's disputable. Helps. So, top five catchers. Who do you think they are? Top five catchers. Uh, you think Murphy's in there? I think he is. Yeah, I, yeah, I do. Yeah, four uh, or five, but he's in there. Top five catchers. I don't know, man. All I know is JT's one. I got JT one. Probably go Will Smith at two or three. You got Murphy in there. Oh, uh, 
why am I blanking? Catcher's just such a weird position, right? Like, it's just such a weak position group in the league. Oh, Adley Rutschman. He's got to be top five. Yeah, yeah. So, probably go Ramuto, Smith, Rutschman. I'd probably flip Rutschman and, and Smith. So, Ramuto, Rutschman, Smith, Murphy, and then probably round it out with, I'd say, probably either Contreras. I was thinking Contreras. Contreras. Uh, there's another guy. I'm just, my mind's blanking right now on that. Uh yeah, I'd probably go those five. That, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. There's a close sixth. I'm just, and Austin n- Nola. Names are, just, names are just not there for me right now. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think those, I think those, those are, are good serviceable five. five. Yeah. At least Watch, like, we're going to think of it and we're going to be like, oh my goodness, how did we forget? I don't know if it's like a glaringly obvious guy, though. Like, I think there's a guy there who's on the fringe, but I don't know if it's like, oh my goodness, how can we forget this guy? You know what yeah. I'm saying? I don't know. We'll think of it. Um. Anything else baseball wise you got? Uh, no. Just um. I guess I'll use this moment to just touch on. Uh, we kind of mentioned it, but yeah. The uh, I've been listening to that '98 Braves song Woo! a few times this weekend. Mm, tears in my eyes, Jack. My buddy's a Braves fan. Listen to it. He, he he does like Morgan Wall. He's like, that's a good song, but it made me sad. Yeah, it it does make me sad because like you know, I haven't seen on TikTok. I was telling Jack like so the the premise of the song '98 uh, Braves by Morgan Wallen. The premise of the song is he's talking about this relationship that failed and how they got close to. You know, getting engaged and stuff, but uh, it didn't end up working out in the end. And you know, it goes like you win some, you lose some. Uh, it's just the way life goes. He's like, uh, it's not always home runs. Um, I thought the premise of the song was baseball. <laughs> <laughs> what inspired you to write a second song similar to the original? Baseball. <laughs> um, but anyway, so and then he compares that to. Um, how the song starts with uh, watching the 1998 Braves. Obviously, Morgan Wallen from the South. He's a Braves fan. Um, and he's talking about how, you know, the relationship was a lot like the 98 Braves and that they got close, NLCS, uh, but ended up losing. And I, in my selfish mind, compare that to the 22 Phils. So I might write a, uh, a rendition called 22 Phils. I think it's so funny how, you know, we all kind of have a run that we... Like fifteen minutes. Yeah, like to look back on and say, you know, what could have been, mm-hmm. and, and it makes you sad. But now that's you know, at least not yet for you. But now that it's been years in the in the past for me, it was, you know, obviously missed opportunity. I could have seen a World Series in my life, and that would have been fantastic. Uh, but you know, it just wasn't meant to be. And but that that run still had a lot of special moments in it, uh, and things I like to look back on. Uh, but now it just makes you even hungrier for getting that title. Yeah. And I'm sure you feel the same way. I mean, that 22 run was special because no one really expected it. No one. I mean, starting the wild card, and we, again, we, we've ranted this before. We're not going to go down that rabbit hole. But, you know, it's just the special type of runs, but it makes you want to win that title even more now. And just talking about, like, where he was sitting at, at home in the living room thinking no way them boys wouldn't win. I mean, that, I mean, that team was special. Though, that Maddie team was Braves. special. I mean, and Glavin, like, Maddox, Smoltz. Yeah. Uh, you got Andrew Jones, Chip Jones. Jones. Yeah. The Joneses. Joneses. Keeping up with the Joneses. Keeping up with the Joneses, as he called it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I mean, it's just, it reminds me of sitting in my living room, right? Thinking, you know, there's no way. There's no way we lose. lose. We're up 2-1. We're up 2-1 in the series, right? And then we get no hit. And then, you know, when Marsh came to the plate first and third. That was rough. In the eighth, right? Strikes out. Uh, Chaz hey. McCormick making the catch the next inning. Anybody the catch? Schwarber hitting the home run in the sixth inning of game six. I mean, and then Zach Wheeler getting Eddie pulled Yordan for Jose Alvarado. Flip this game upside down. Yeah, 
pain for Smedley. It just, it just, mm. that phone call with Jack Hyman. Oh, that was bad. In inning six. Let, let's not oh, talk game. about that. How about that? Oh, boy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Let's just say Mitchell Smedley was an unhappy man. That is not my best moment. Putting it lightly. It's the raw emotion, man. It's yeah, you were, you were emotional, man. So, yeah. Look, it happens to the best of us. Everyone, at some point or another, lets their emotion get the best of them. Yep. So... There's moments everyone looks back on with regret, but it's just learning and moving forward from those and not letting those, you know, types of things happen again, whether it be, you know, any type of instance. Exactly. So. And now we're going to run it back for three years with his new contract. So. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. I'm so excited. And he just can't hide it. I'm like Josh. I'm having fun. <laughs> hey, this is only game six of the World Series, It's only Mitch. game six of the World Yeah, Josh was probably sitting there watching the home run. Yeah, Veerling's yeah, only... back, and this game has been turned upside down. Well, it's only it's the only sixth game in... six. It's only game six, and it's only the sixth inning. There's yeah. still time. There's still time, man. Everyone, everyone knew if you have like a at least a sense of sports that game. Everyone was knew over. that. Ga- everyone knew that game was done. It was when you were to hit that home run. It was no shot. Yeah, the Phillies were coming back. Yeah, it didn't help that they added another run. No, right? it didn't. But Which I, was big, right? Two runs to three, right? Bloop and a blast, right? Yeah, but just getting a sense of, like, the game. No, it was over. Like, everyone knew it was over. Yep. So. I think we really lost the series, though, when Marsh struck out. Yeah. Uh, game five. That pitching I mean, honestly, change, right? The, the tide turned when the, when you got no hit. But we well, got to go to break. Yeah. Anyways. Gene Segura singled. Gene Segura. <laughs> now Marlon. Made two. Now Marlon. Marsh struck out. Momentum was gone. And the magic was out. All right. Magic was out, uh, but the magic is not out for us. We still have a lot of sports to talk about. When we come back, we will shift our focus to the NHL side of things uh, to wrap up our number one. So plenty more coming right next on the flip side of this break on Heavy Ears and the Radio Voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. And welcome back to the Radio Voice of Kutztown University, KUR's Heavy Hitters. I almost said Redneck Rush Hour, but I didn't. <laughs> Uh, this is indeed Heavy Hitters. We're making our way through hour number one, 940-something on the East Coast. And it's Mitchell and Jack making our way, well, we made our way through baseball. And now we're going to move on to the NHL, where Chuck Fletcher is terrible and needs to be fired. Trouble, trouble. He's terrible. He needs to be flyer fired. So, And Danny Breer is probably going to take over. Really? Uh, it's, I'm, I'm hearing rumblings of it from people like Hunter Brody. But uh, I feel like that'd be weird. That would be odd, man. I don't know. I don't know if Danny Breer would make a good GM. He's in the organization. Yeah, that's true. I guess. I don't know. I wouldn't be in favor of it. I would want a career, you know, GM, but... Yeah. What do I know? What do I know about anything? <laughs> we got two really good GMs in this town, though. This town ain't big enough for three of them. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. <Yes. laughs> Isn't it weird, though, that I can safely say that I have two good general managers? Right? Howie Roseman, uh, Dave Dombrowski. Feels good, man. Feels good. So, uh, that's what's I happening for the Flyers. Uh, James Van Riemsdyk somehow did not get traded. I don't know how. But well, okay. uh, they had a deal in place with the team yeah, they played last night. They really supposedly didn't. no. It, it, it's all rumors. Chuck yeah. Fletcher. Chuck Fletcher wanted too much. Came out. He was and using said, a fourth round pick as a floor. He wanted something higher, like a three or a two. He wasn't going to get it, and he didn't cave. He had a bunch of teams interested. Teams out west, Minnesota, Vegas, Seattle. So. Supposedly they had a deal with the Red Wings in place, but Detroit nixed it at the eleventh hour. That's a quote from Chuck Fletcher. Yeah, well, Detroit sent a message to the entire league saying, hey, guys, look at Philly. Their GM's terrible. And he made, he made his point. Look at this clown. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> All right. Chuck uh, Fletcher. 
after his trade falls through? Act normal. <laughs> Chuck Fletcher in his entire time as Flyers GM. <laughs> it's been five years. This is look. I was watching. I was watching that guy. Uh, he's a fun guy here to watch in Philly sports media. Hunter Brody. Um, I was watching him talk about this uh, as Jack walked into the studio today, and he made a very good point. All right. It has been five years since Chuck Fletcher took over. We've had one relevant year. It was 2019 to 2020. Right? He's been here for five years, and where is this franchise? About to start a rebuild. How does that happen? How does that happen? After It's going to be another five years minimum until this team is competitive and I can watch hockey again. Yawn. Ridiculous. Can't, couldn't it be me? That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um. Fun. Anyway, you'll get there eventually. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's it's falling true. apart at the seams for so. you. A team that's not falling apart at the seams is an arch rival of the Philadelphia Flyers. <gasps> I want to talk about the New Jersey Devils. Gross. They're a fun hockey team to watch, man. I'll tell you that. I don't like it because, you know, they're they're in division, they're a rival, but they're young, they're fun, and they are an exciting hockey team to watch play. Uh, and their trade, their blockbuster they made at the deadline, already paying dividends, Timo Meyer. Scores in his first game as a New Jersey Devil last night, his 32nd of the year. And when you're having a good season uh, and you're pushing all the right buttons, those type of things happen. You get good players and they make an immediate impact. Devils win at 5-4 in OT at Arizona last night. They improved to 41-15-6. What a year for New Jersey. Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, and company leading a solid charge. They are pushing the Hurricanes to that top spot in the Metropolitan Division. Uh, but Carolina not coming down without a fight. <laughs> An emphatic oh, they, 6 nothing win. A statement. <laughs> An emphatic 6 nothing win last night on home ice. Holding the Tampa Bay Lightning, who have been scuffling, is putting it lightly, to say the least, lately, uh, to just 14 shots on goal the entire game. Yeah, yeah. it's bad. Yeah, that's not a good shot. Just a little bit bad. But a uh, big win for Carolina. 41-12-8 are the Canes. They have 90 points. Uh, both teams are plus 50 in goal differential. And that's something, when you look at the legitness of a team, you can have a decent record and have a minus, you know, barely minus goal differential. That's where I look at a team and say, how quality are you? Because Tampa Bay, they're 37, 21, and 5, and that's 16 games over 500. Mm-hmm. But it's only a plus 24 goal differential. I mean, that's good. But, like, you know, you look at that Boston, I mean, it's kind of not a fair comparison because Boston's 49, 8, and 5, uh, but they have a plus 105 goal differential. Like, that's crazy. Fastest team in NHL history to reach 100 points. There's still 20 games left. I feel like they set that record every year. Yeah, Tampa did it a couple years ago, I think. Uh, now it's now it's Boston's record. Yeah. So crazy. I feel crazy, like crazy, I always crazy. hear that fast table without reports. Rangers, uh, third. I mean, they're not playing so well with the new additions. Patty Kane not playing so well. Patrick Kane, uh, you got to play this thing called defense, buddy. Minus four <laughs> in his first two games as a Ranger. Wow. So uh, how about that? We are really not supposed to do that. Yeah. Not at all. There's this thing called defense. This thing called back check. I think you should try it. Uh, some say he's washed. I'm not. I don't know if I'm going there yet, but not a good start for Kane in the uh, in in Madison Square Garden in the Rangers blue. So uh, we were just up yeah. there. Yeah, we were. Yeah. Yes, we were. We yes, didn't see we him. Were. We didn't. No, yeah. he wasn't in town yet. Thought we would run into him on the street. Yeah, just wasn't yet in town. Yeah. So a little early, but uh, timing was off. Just a little bit. Now, we do have a message from the KR Notebook, however. Attention, K community. Volunteers are needed for the CE Regional Science Olympiad competition taking place around KU's campus on Thursday, March 16th 
from 7.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. with a snow date of Friday, March 17th. Full and a half-day positions are available for greeters and registration, setup, lobby help, signs slash posters, scoring, food sales and delivery, event helpers, lost and found, and judging. To sign up, please contact Dr. Michael Davis at my davis at kutztown.edu. You do not want to pass up on this special opportunity, so please sign up if you can. This message of community interest is brought to you by the Radio Voice of Kutztown University. Okay, you are that email, by the way, davis at kutztown.edu. All right, wrapping up hour number one. Mitch, uh, we were talking about all things NHL, uh, talking about the Devils, Hurricanes, Metropolitan, really the Eastern Conference as a whole, how that race continues to take shape. Boston running away with the uh, Atlantic Division. They will more than likely clinch a title uh, in like probably the next six or seven games uh, if they keep playing the way they are. Team's so good. I mean, wow. What yeah. else can you say, right? They're very good, man. They are very good. Very, very good. So, like, like, what else do you want me to say? They're Boston. Yeah. They don't, they never suck. And it's a problem. It's a it's big a problem. problem. It's a problem. Yeah. Just a little bit. There's zombie nation like every two minutes in that stadium. Yeah. Sorry, arena. <laughs> the TD Garden. TD Garden. So, only Boston, I believe only Boston and the Rangers are the two teams in the NHL to play at an arena, arena named the Garden. Is that yeah. it? Yeah, Madison, Madison Square, Square, Square and TD. And TD. I don't believe there's any others. I don't think so. So, Fun fact of the day for you folks. Uh, wild card race. I mean, there's so many teams still involved. The Islanders are the top wild card spot right now. Pittsburgh shortly behind. Uh, Buffalo still in the race. They're three points back of Pittsburgh. Four points back of the Islanders, but they have four games in hand on the on the New York Islanders. Uh, Ottawa, they have 68 points. They're tied in games uh, with Pittsburgh. Three points back of them. Four points back of the Islanders with three games in hand for the Senators. Uh, so in hand, that means they haven't played them, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. So the Islanders have played 65 games. Ottawa's 62. Gotcha. Ooh, watch so out. This game's played. Yeah, I know. Islanders not in a great position there. But as a very good song once said, all you got to do is just be taking care of business, right? Taking care of business. There you go. <laughs> Isn't that how it goes? That's how it goes. I like that. Rock. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All I right. love some Brandon Carnegie. Yeah, rock on the radio. Right yeah. as four to five. Radio I voice, see him right as I go in to do my show. Yeah. Good man. Yeah. He texted me this weekend. Really? Yeah. Wow. Asked how I'm doing. That's cool. Told him I'm just chilling. Just chilling. <laughs> the Bucks County kid. Ah, man. What a time to be alive, right? Yes, sir. All right, we're going to shift our focus over to the Western Conference side of things. Uh, Dallas uh, in Minnesota. Along with Colorado, the top three in the Central. Dallas is just such a weird team. 34-16-13 record. Ooh, just so weird. Question briefly, and then I'll let you continue with Dallas. When you read those, like, because hockey's different, right? It has those overtime losses. Yeah. Do you factor that into being around 500? Like, do you consider them, you know, uh, what is that, 18 games above 500 or five games above 500? I think it as more so as their inability to play in three-on-three. Three. I don't really look at it as, like, a... You know, a loss or a win type of deal, like okay. like a you know, what the record actually says it is, or counted as an actual loss. I just think it is because you don't play three on three in the playoffs. Yeah, so it's a good point. Getting points any way you can. It doesn't. I mean, it looks ugly. I, you know, when you're looking at the record, it doesn't look great, but that means you're playing close games, and an overtime and five on five, it could just end up in an entirely different outcome. So I'm not really sure what to make of it. I just think it's their inability to, you know, close out games 
you know, in the overtime slash shootout period. Mm. So uh, they just got to tidy up that range. But, I mean, Dallas is still a very good hockey team. There's a reason they're leading the Central Division this year. Uh, but, I mean, the disparity between the East and the West Conference is huge. I mean, the West has to hope that the East beats up on each other so much in the, throughout the playoff run that the West team will be more fresh when it comes to the Stanley Cup Final. Because I don't think there's any shot a team in the West wins this year. Wow. Not like last year. Big state. Colorado was just so loaded last year. They had everything going in the right direction. All the positive momentum at the right time of the year. And that's why they won. I mean, Tampa was just beaten down. You know, they had to scratch a clutch just to get to the Cup Final, fighting back against the Rangers. And you know, there's so much hockey being played for Tampa over the last couple of years. Yeah. I think they kind of just ran out of gas in the Cup Final. They were hurt, very much hurt. Uh, and, you know, it's just everything kind of went in Colorado's favor. Not just, and I'm not saying, oh, well, the Avalanche got gifted the Cup because of ref calls. No, it's just that they had a lot of the strategical and, you know, on ice advantages. They, they were fresher, they were faster, they were. Exactly the kind of style that you needed to play to break down the Lightning. And that's just, it was just a matchup nightmare for, for the Lightning, pretty they much. They had the tactical advantage. Exactly. Tactical advantage, if you will. So, but I don't see that in the West this year. I mean, I think if I'm looking at the West contenders, then you got, you know, obviously can't out Colorado, can't out Colorado just yet. Uh, Vegas is in there. Uh, I think Edmonton's an interesting team to watch. They made the conference finals last year. I think they could go on somewhat of a run. I'm not saying they're going to go to the cup final, but they could win a couple playoff series. You know, just because they had McDavid and Dreisaitl and that That's, offense is just yeah. juggernaut. It's a good recipe. So, yeah, having two of the most skilled guys in the league on your team, it's going to help you just a little bit. Just so, a tad. You know, having a generational talent and Connor McDavid and seeing the things he can do is just just nasty. It really is. He's just he's so good. Yeah. So good. Uh, but, oh, let's see. Anything else that I'm looking at here, headlines-wise, kind of just more matchup stuff. You know, who's playing who. But uh, Flyers beat the Red Wings last night 3-1. Detroit's kind of slipping their way out of the playoff race. Uh, If only they had JVR. (laughs) Yeah, because that would help so much. Well, you know. Uh, He's like basically a second-round pick, man. He's basically like a top-six forward wannabe. Exactly. So, uh, Kraken cap off a comeback last night over Colorado. Brandon Tanev in the final minutes of regulation. Yanni Gord caps it in overtime. Kraken get a win. They're going to be back at it in action tonight against the lowly Anaheim Ducks. Uh, Carolina will visit Montreal after Tavo Teravine and Tatrick last night against Tampa Bay. And anything else here? Jonathan Quick got flipped from Columbus to Vegas. Uh, he wins in his Vegas debut last night and quote said felt pretty comfortable in that Golden Knight uniform. So uh, Interesting. back on a contender. He's got a chance at one more cup run That's good for him. late in his career. He, he deserves it. So yeah. What else can you say? Yeah, nothing else. Columbus is a really bad team. Yeah, they're terrible. When's the last time they were good? Made the playoffs 2019 and swept the Lightning before losing to Boston oh, in the second they, round. Yeah, they played in that uh, like that insanely long, what was it, four overtime? Oh, yeah. Yeah, five overtime game yeah, five where Braden Point scored on Jonas Corposalo. Corposalo made like 70-something saves and lost. Like 79 saves. Yeah, wait, they swept? I didn't think they swept the Lightning. Not that series. That was a year before. Oh, was it? Okay. That, that was, uh, I think, one of the bubble years. It was the bubble year. The bubble year. I mean, bubble so that was 2019-2020. Yeah, and the year before, 1819, mm. where the Lightning were the one seed. They won like 63 games, and then the Blue Jackets swept them in the first round. Are you kidding? With Panarin, wow. Duchesne. 
uh, Ryan Dezingle on that team, Sergey Bobrovsky. I think I turned tuned out of that. Uh, I think I tuned out of those playoffs after I didn't get to hear the horn in the Flyers Penguins series. Yeah, <laughs> I was so mad. <laughs> that was a weird series. If you remember, I think like the Penguins won like seven to one the first game. Or like five to one, something, and then the Flyers did it right back to them in Pittsburgh in Game Two, which was like the only time we won or something. Yeah, it was like really lopsided game after lopsided game. So it was odd, and we right. lost five nothing. So we got to step aside for our hourly break. When we come back in hour number two, hour number two, wrapping up our NHL discussion, and we got a lot of college basketball to talk about. So don't go anywhere. Ten a.m. Heavy hitters rolling on. Mitchell Smedley on the mic, Jack Heim on the other. Jack, that's a big sign. Yes, it is. You know what? You know what? It's a big sign. It's a big sign for for March Madness. It's almost that time, my guy. We'll talk yeah. about that in a little bit coming up here in hour number two. Yes, sir. We but, got NHL uh, to continue talking. about. Yeah, we that. do. We got NHL to continue talking about. We were talking about everything, <laughs> everything, everything, and everything. Yes, we'll find something to meander our way through this hour with. Yes, we will. Of course, we got that uh, March Madness. We got so much talking about. Conference tournaments are rolling on. I'm going to give you a little snapshot of what we're going to talk about. Talking about the craziness that happened this weekend. And if you aren't geared up for March Madness, what just happened this weekend, I don't know what you are waiting for. A lot of chaos happened, not only yesterday, but on Saturday as well. We're going to give you all of that coming up just in a little bit here in hour number two. But for now, we were talking about NHL, and we were talking about some of the contenders, who is in the race, who's kind of fallen out of the race, as we're getting into the mid-60s in games played for pretty much every team in the league. So we're kind of getting down that final stretch, final 20-ish games or so for some teams, and the Islanders only have 17 games left in the regular season, so they've got to make everyone count. They have a big Tuesday night tilt at home at UBS (laughs) Arena against the Buffalo Sabres. They're going to need to win that one. As Mitch, are you okay? I'm all right, dude. Okay, just making sure you're Call me the Islanders because I was choking. Um... I don't really remember the Islanders really ever choking. What do they choke? They are right now. I mean, they're they're the top wild card. I don't really know how that's choking. Because just but. watch, watch. You were talking about Tuesday night. Just wait till Tuesday night, then you'll see. You'll so, see. So you think Buffalo's gonna win? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Big time. Big time. Buffalo. Five to two. Buff. Hello. Okay. <coughs> we'll see about that. We'll talk about it on Wednesday. Five to two. Chicken pizza. <laughs> Get it? Like buffalo chicken pizza. Yeah. Like you know. Never mind. Do you like buffalo chicken pizza? No. I was going to say. No. It's not strike user type. I do took like me most of my life. I do like buffalo chicken pizza. Took me most of my life to be okay with cheese on my pizza. <laughs> Kidding me? Okay, I got to ask you a question. Ask me that question then. You, you, I know you and I know that you don't like certain type of textures, right? Yeah. So you would hate fruit snacks, correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay. What I thought. I like the taste of some fruits. Like the juices, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. In a liquid form. Like you like apple juice? I like apple. Yeah. I'm gonna, you know, it's okay. Orange juice or apple, apple juice? juice reminds me of being a child and it makes me feel weird. Um, <laughs> I like lemonade, orange juice, grape juice. You like grape juice? Oh, yeah, dude. Really? Oh, grape is my thing. Wow. Yeah. That is a shocker. I would not have expected that. Really? Why not? I don't know. You just don't really. I mean, like with the way like you can see like, like what you eat and what you drink, I feel like. I don't know if you like you just don't strike me as a, as a grape juice kind of guy. Grape it like purple Gatorade, okay, or like the Powerade because I don't think there was a purple Gatorade, but the purple Powerade, mm. all over that, mm. all over. Uh, you know what? Also, very easy take here. So, do you like me. regular grapes then? Uh, so I I can 
eat regular grapes, it's not a pleasurable experience. Okay. It's it's yeah. <laughs> Such a weird like, like what makes it not enjoyable? It's like mushy and it's like Oh, okay. Uh, it's like slimy. <laughs> oh gotcha. You ever eat a grape? Yes, I love grapes. Oh, grapes are good. God. Oh, I like man. a lot of food. Yeah, that's great. My parents say I'm not a I'm not a very picky eater most times. And um also I hopefully you can agree with me on this, but any grape medicine far exceeds the cherry alternative. Yeah. Far feel like, exceeds. I feel like it. every cherry flavored medicine is gross and it, should not be legal. <laughs> it's just it's oh, so foul tasting. It's just the worst. Like and the smell of it too yeah. does not smell like cherry. Yeah, like when when you smell like that that cherry flavor medicine in your nostrils like you know it's gonna be bad uh-huh. like you know the taste is gonna not be good yeah like you ever have like cherry like rita's you know what i mean i have not you never had rita's water ice no i do but i just get mango uh, okay well the cherry was like the classic you know what i mean that and blue raspberry like the cherry was good you know <laughs> i can't say what i was about to, i was about to be like i with the cherry you okay know? <laughs> like uh I, yeah okay but, yeah, but, no but like it was good you know <laughs> it was good but the cherry medicine is just is one of the worst things i've ever had also did I had an ear? Inf- I think I told you this. I you had did. An ear infection, I remember this. You know, just before the playoffs for yep. baseball last I remember that. Uh, last fall, moxicillin. Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh, the bubblegum medicine. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, I'll never forget that doctor being like, uh, "So we're gonna pre- prescribe you some moxicillin." I was like, "So is that a pill, or is it like, is there other options here?" <laughs> right. I wasn't even thinking about the bubblegum, right? Because I just, you know, I thought that was left in my past. <laughs> and he goes, "No, it's a pill." I go, oh, "Okay." He goes, "Why is that a problem?" By the way, this is a doctor that didn't know what oh, being blind meant. <laughs> Trying to show me this stuff forgot like about this. four times. I'm like, dude, I don't know if you thought like it would come back, but I still can't see it. <laughs> He's like, what if I hold it here? I'm like, no. <laughs> Anyways. He's like, no, nah, it's Phil. Is that a problem? I'm like, no, nah, that's fine. He's like, okay. So he moves through two more pages of stuff and then just decides out of the blue to go, we also have a liquid option. I go, what? Like, that was like out of the blue. He's like, uh, any history with this this or this in your family? Like, nah. He's like, we also have a liquid option. I was like, of history? <laughs> See, this is why this is why, this is why this show is fantastic. Because you never know what you're gonna get. We we were talking about NHL, and all of a sudden, One. we start talking Liquid about history. We start talking about doctors' visits, yeah. ear infections, oh, grape and cherry flavor things. Very funny story. And no one was there to like validate that this actually happened to me. And then there was this creepy guys. I'm like waiting for my Uber. He's like waiting for something. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I was like, yeah, my ride. Yeah, man, waiting for the, uh, you know, I had like a Phillies shirt on, and he said something about that earlier, and I go, yeah, man, waiting on the Phillies to win a playoff game. That's what I'm waiting on. And then he just kind of, oh, and just walked away from me. I was like, what do you mean? I was like, oh, no, I'm not the crazy one in this situation. Anyway, so he's like, we have a liquid option. I'm like, of history? He's like, no, of, of the, the medicine. And he talks to me like I'm the idiot, you know, which is probably true, but, it, you know, whatever. And then... Yeah, Long story short, I'm going to tie this up because I don't want to go on this too long. It was the most delicious medicine of all time. And me and my roommate just sat in his car when we picked it up from CVS just sniffing the bottle. <laughs> okay? All right, then. It was well, so good. Well, we're going to let that wrap that up because I do have a message from the KU Notebook. Attention, KU community. The KU Orchestra's Concerto Competition winners will be performing on Monday night, March 6th, at Schaefer Auditorium beginning at 7.30 p.m. This event is free and open to the public, so please come out and support the KU Music Department. This message from Community Interest is brought to you by the Radio Vista State University, KU. That is tonight, by the way, if you were wondering. So go out to that fun event on campus. 
All right, back on Heavy Hitters, Radio Voice Coast University, KUR. We were talking about NHL. Well, actually, we were really talking about Mitch's experience at the doctor, doctor and <laughs> how he likes bubblegum flavored amoxicillin. Over in, uh, what's that town? Uh, yeah, like three miles down Main Street. You know what I mean? Uh, Do you know what I'm talking about? Not Feasterville. That's near me. Oh. Begins with an F, I think. I'll Fleetwood. Think. Fleetwood Mac, yes. I love Fleetwood Mac, by the way. I couldn't. Uh, I know they have a song. I, I forget. There's one song that was on my playlist. I may have deleted it. Not a big Fleetwood Mac guy. What genre are they? Oh, more like I don't know. Is it like alternative? Maybe I don't alternative. know. I don't want to sound like an idiot here. So let's ask. You know, let's so. ask Siri. I just loves a strong word. I, I like their music. I'll figure it out on the break. So, yeah, we'll but figure it out in the break. We're going to get back to the NHL. Yeah, we're going to wrap up NHL stuff because I do want to talk a lot of, of college basketball today because there yeah. is a lot to talk about. Yeah. We have a tournament yeah. time rolling around. And I know usually with those discussions, it's kind of just me predominantly talking. But I'm going to get you a little bit more involved this week because I Love need, it. We've we got to get you more involved, Smedley. Uh, it takes a little bit off the, the strain of my vocal cords. That's not the only reason I'm doing it because this is a two-man show. Yeah, man. It's a two-man show. This yeah, ain't man. a one-man product. Nah. We're good, man. But uh, we yeah, wrapping up NHL stuff. Lottery, and we're going to talk a little bit about draft lottery. Who's kind of in that top three range right now? It's got to be it's it's Columbus, Chicago. I mean, San Jose's in there. Uh, that's kind of really the top three right now. I mean, the Sharks could make a play for Bedard. Imagine he goes out to the, uh, down to San Jose. Da, 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 do. Hey, I love their goal <laughs> horn, their goal horn, goal sound, everything about it. I, I think the stadium rave playoffs. would be used somewhere, you know? Yeah. So it sounds like that, but then it's like an actual it's an actual song. Yeah, no, it's uh is it that similar song that's like uh I yeah. I know what song you're talking about. There's one that sounds very similar. Yeah. Y'all ready for this? Yeah. Yeah. That's their goal song. So that's where that sounded like it to me. But Stadium Rave's a superior song. Very good, very good. Uh but those are kind of the top three teams of lottery race. Uh, West kind of contenders are talking about the wild card race in the East and who's kind of in it, and that's not in the playoff picture. I mean, Nashville, you could say, I guess they're they're six points back of Winnipeg right now with three games in hand. So, so I mean, they got a shot. The Calgary, I guess you could say, is in there, not really, but that's kind of it. I mean, like the teams that are going to be in it now in the West are more than likely going to be in it by season's end. But that's not the case in the East. I mean, you have Buffalo, Ottawa, Florida still in it in, in some capacity. <laughs> Buffalo, I don't know. Florida still Florida's in it. Florida's still in it, I guess you could say. I mean, nah, not really, though, because they're six points back of the Islanders. No, four points back of the Islanders. Three points back of Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh has two games in hand on the Panthers. So, I don't know. Florida's in a weird spot. I'd more so Oops. say Buffalo and Ottawa, which is kind of weird. Like, saying the Sabres and the Senators in the playoff race, just bizarre. Isn't that weird? It makes strange. me uncomfortable. Makes me feel like my world I mean, is Those are two very up-and-coming teams in the East. And they're here. They're going to compete this year. They're going to compete for a while. At least I think more so. Buffalo. I mean, I think Ottawa will compete too, but strange. Why can't the Flyers be there? <laughs> I'm so sad. Yes. All right. At least I got the Hurricanes. So. And hit me like a hurricane. Yeah, until they choke again. Okay. We don't, we, you know. Give me hope. I would if I believed in it. Oh. But I don't. What a bummer. Sorry. Sorry. Sad clowns. <laughs> what was that? Was that Squidward? It's like, don't you sad clowns come crying to me when your circus tent comes no. crashing down. <laughs> <laughs> sad clowns. <laughs> I, love, I love how Squidward always do that. Yeah. Just, just like repeat the part of the joke that he thought was so funny while laughing. <laughs> sad clowns. <laughs> Oboe. <laughs> Band humor. 
Another day, another migraine. <laughs> migraine. migraine. <laughs> <laughs> so many times you just do that. You're right. I never noticed that. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, too good, goodness. too good. Uh, we're going to move on, though. Uh, I don't really think there's much more to talk about in the NHL front. I mean, the I mean, Squidward. <laughs> Squidward. Squidward is my best friend in the world. Actually, one more thing, though. One oh, thing. what do you got? A Mexican goal tracker, 813, trying to catch the great one, Wayne Gretzky. Uh, not going to do it this season, but has a chance to do it. Uh, Who maybe is? Alex Ovechkin. Oh, oh, oh. Maybe the next year or maybe the year after, depending. Uh, but Ovechkin, he's still scoring goals like crazy. Not slowing down just yet. Uh, the Sabres, I mean, I talked about them a little bit. They beat the Lightning 5-3 on Saturday. I mean, that team is, they could score goals. I mean, they score goals like crazy. Tage Thompson, 42-goal season at this point. Uh, they got, you know, a lot. I mean, just a lot of guys making an impact. Jeff Skinner, 26 goals. They, they, they don't even have Alex Tuck right now, who's having a really good season before he got hurt. I mean, this team's young for the most part. They're, they're, they can be physical. They can be scrappy. Defense is up and coming. They got Darlene. They got Owen Power. Um, I mean, this is a team. Very exciting future. If they can figure out their goaltending situation, they have Uko Pekalukunen, who's coming up. Uh, he's the kind of the backup right now, along with uh, you know Eric Comrie. Interesting goaltending situation there for Buffalo. Uh, I believe Craig Anderson's still also there. So it's just it's just strange. It's just strange in terms of goaltending. It's but, a really uh, good point. Sabres, I mean, they, they have a bright future. A lot to look forward to. Even if they don't make it this year, very much so a step in the right direction for the Buffalo Sabres. And that fan base deserves it. Haven't been in the playoffs since 2010. Uh, it's been a long time. Uh, but they they finally have something to look forward to. Uh, Kevin Adams doing a great job up there as the as the Sabres GM. They got Don Granato's very solid head coach. Uh, that organization is trending in the right direction for the first time in a long time. They have some very good people up there in terms of front office coaching staff, the likes of it. Uh, and they they finally have people who, you know, know I, I shouldn't say know what they're doing because the people who were there before them, you know, deserve to be in front offices. But for me, it's just people who know how to build the right culture there. And, and before the culture of the Sabres, it was bad. They just didn't really have a good identity. You know, the Sabres' identity was what? Being terrible and getting top 10 draft picks every year? I mean, that, that's not a good identity to have. But now they, they you know, they have skilled players. They get hard on the forecheck. They're young. They're scrappy. Uh, and, you know, they don't quit. They get punched in the mouth. They're going to get right back up and, you know, give another go at it before, you know, they get they get hit and they just, you know, crumple over and roll over and let you just beat them into submission. So, uh, I mean, it's just a different kind of team. And you're seeing a team fight when they face adversity. And that's when you know your organization's, you know, either trending in the right direction or, or you've gotten to where you want to be. When, when you get hit and you can and you fight back instead of just, you know, saying, yeah, no, we're done. It's over. I mean, not the teams routinely quit, but like you can tell when a team is not able to, you know, recover when 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 you get thrown into an uncomfortable situation. Yeah. So that that's kind of one of the big tell uh, you know telltale signs to me of a team that is either a trending up or b you know just being a consistent playoff contender. When when you get curveballs thrown your way, you know you don't fish for it. You let it go in the dirt, and you rebound. Nick Castillo. And you get another pitch. So, that's just my take on that type of situation. No, it's a very good take. I agree with everything you said for once in our lives. <laughs> that okay. never happens. Yeah. <laughs> funny. Funny, funny, funny. <laughs> agree. Agree. With Jack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any NHL outtakes before we go to our first break of hour number two? And any then we're NHL go to hot takes? Uh, outtakes, hot takes, anything you want. 
Final final take. The Hurricanes make the conference finals. I wouldn't say that's a hot take. No. But but the Hurricanes win the conference final and the cup because no one in the West is good. So you think Carolina's it's their year? I think they're going to upset Boston in the conference final. In a very crazy conference final series, yes. Think it's Boston's uh, 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 here. Carolina uh, uh, winning. Think it's Boston's uh, uh, here. You think it's Boston's here? They got the right It's always mesh. Boston's year, but They got the right mesh. Good goaltending, very solid defense. What if they got hot too early? They got skilled. Did you? Hot too early. They've been doing this all season. What if they got hot too early? What if they got hot too early, except they've been doing it for for 62 games? Yeah. They've been hot. But what if on game 63 it all comes crashing down? <laughs> what if game 63 is the one that derails everything? What if, bro? What if? You know? You well, never know. That question will be answered this Sunday night. <laughs> uh, do they play tonight? No, they don't. Dang it. That question will be answered this Tuesday night. Nope. When the Boston Bruins take on what, someone. What? When do they when do when do the Bruins play next? Either I'm missing something or no, I was right. That question will be answered this Thursday night when the Boston Bruins take on the Edmonton Oilers at a showdown at the TD Garden. You can get this low discount price for $49.99. No, I'm kidding. Sir, you guys have called, and as I mentioned before, we're not ordering, so please stop calling my house. Thank you and goodbye. Well, with that, we are going to go and say goodbye for a brief minute or two. Wait, how do they not play till Thursday? I don't know. A couple off days. Uh, but with that being said, we're going to take our first break of hour number two. When we come back, all things college basketball for the rest of the show. So much to talk about. Crazy upsets, buzzer beaters, everything in between. So much exciting stuff to talk about. When we come back, flips out of this break. Heavy hitters, radio voice at Kutztown University. KR Kutztown. Trust me, you do not want to miss this. Don't go anywhere. And welcome back to Heavy Hitters on the radio voice of Kutztown University. KR Kutztown. Jack Heim, as always, joined by Mitchell Smedley. We're rolling on in hour number two. We talked about a lot of things. MLB, spring training, uh, top five positional debates. Pretty much everything. Morgan Wallen. Morgan Wallen, 98 Braves. Great song. Check it out if you haven't listened to it already. Uh, but... We just wrapped up our NHL, NHL segment in Mitchell Smedley. Yes, sir. It's one of the most wonderful times of the year. <laughs> <laughs> that could not have been any more perfectly timed. <laughs> I couldn't even. I couldn't even drink the water. I was laughing. <laughs> I was trying to tell you I was choking on snow, well, and then the snow melted and turned into water. I drank all the water. Now I'm better. Breaking news. Oh boy. Derek Carr. Oh, the four-time Pro Bowl quarterback is closing in on a deal NFL. with the New Orleans Saints. What? <laughs> no way. After meeting with the Jets and Panthers, wow. the Saints look like they're going to close in on a deal with the former Raider quarterback Derek Carr going down to the Bayou. That's interesting. To the Big Easy. Big Easy. He is. Derek, Derek Carr, Carr, you are a New Orleans Saint. Wow. Would you look at that? Saints found the new QB. That's interesting, man. Why not? I thought it was like a done deal with the Jets. It was looking good. That shakes everything up, man. Like that changes a lot, I think. Because um, who are the other quarterbacks on the market, right? Like now you have the Jets and the Panthers still looking for a quarterback. Yep. Panthers. What's their draft pick this year? It's pretty high. Top ten, I think. Oh, it's easily. <laughs> what was that? We're not gonna talk about that. What was that? I got my phone was on full volume. <laughs> it was a Mabel. Uh... No, 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 no. It was a different one. Yeah. It was a, a different SpongeBob video. Gotcha. Just put the Whopper song in there. <laughs> I'll show you what I'm breaking. Yeah, please. All right. Wait, wait, uh, wait. What, um, 
I gotta figure out what the uh, Panthers pick. And then what are the other uh, quarterbacks on the market? And then we'll get to your market. Rodgers could get traded. Yeah, maybe he can uh, go to the Jets. Daniel Jones or the Raiders might be nearing a deal with the Giants. Yeah, Daniel uh, Jones should resign. Let's see. Uh, Interesting though. I didn't have New I think Orleans. James Winston Derek might Carr. be on the market. Well, now he is. Yeah. Uh, who else? I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. How many? Really interesting. So that's cool. That's that's crazy. Good to have some breaking news here to shake things up. Over to March Madness, Jack. Conference finals. Walk me through them so far. Well, They're called conference finals, right? Conference championships. Conference, conference championships. Gotcha. We're going to go back Mid-majors to or uh, Power 6? A lot of mid-majors so far. Okay. Power 6 is start tomorrow. Okay. Uh, ACC gets started tomorrow. Gotcha. Uh, and then the Big Ten starts on Wednesday. Leave along with the Big 12 as well. Let's, well, I actually have it pulled up right here. A first round of the ACC is tomorrow. Uh, you have the Atlantic 10 starting tomorrow. They're not a Power 6, but they also are getting started. Lamar Jackson is also another quarterback on the market, probably. Yes. Yeah. So. So, walk me through some of these uh, mid-majors. By the way, if you missed it last time, Jack tried naming all 32. And I got 29. He got 29. And Three was... I missed were Conference USA, Missouri Valley, and... Oh, boy. I don't know. I oh, the other boy. One I missed. Patriot. Patriot, that's it. No, wait. I think you said no, Patriot. Did I? Yeah, you did. No, it might have been. I think that's a good call. I don't think I got that one. Okay. So. We'll roll the tape <laughs> some other day. We're on it back. No, but um, let's see. We're going to go back to just this weekend. Saturday. Tell you what, man. Tell me what. What a weekend. Actually, do I, I don't know if I want to go back to Friday. I guess I will. Some exciting events started in the Big South Tournament. It was the quarterfinals, uh, if I believe to be correct here. Uh, let me find it. I think it was the quarterfinals. It was Gardner-Webb and SC Upstate. Yes, it was the quarterfinals. Gardner-Webb up by two, under 10 seconds left, turnover, and then Jaden Ganey, or Jordan Ganey, excuse me, hits a fall away bank it off the window in three with one-tenth of a second left wow. to give SC Upstate the win. They would go on to lose uh, in the semifinal to the eventual Big South champion, <coughs> excuse me, pardon me, UNC Asheville, who ah. we'll talk about that championship game in just a little bit. That happened yesterday. Uh, so that was one of the more crazier ones. A lot of crazy games, especially yesterday. Uh, but congratulations to them. Already five teams have punched their ticket to the NCAA tournament. So congratulations to UNC Asheville, Kennesaw State out of the A-Sun, uh, you have Fairleigh Dickinson out of the NA- NEC. You have Drake out of the Missouri Valley and Southeast Missouri State out of the Ohio Valley Conference. A couple of more bids and automatic, uh, yeah, automatic bids and tickets will be punched to the NCAA tournament tonight. We'll talk about all those in just a little bit coming up. Uh, but as for this past weekend, uh, we're going to shift to Saturday, right? Quick, last weekend of the regular season in the Power Six conferences and some of the other ones, uh, some of the other conferences as well. Uh, but yeah, it's that time. You could smell it. You know, like you could feel the tournament rolling right around the corner. Uh, but big upset Sunbelt quarterfinals, South Alabama, who is now in the Sunbelt championship game is the eight seed. They roll on to beat the one seed Southern Miss Golden Eagles in emphatic fashion, 78-61. The Jags have a chance to get back into the NCAA tournament for the first time since I believe 2015. Uh, if I am correct about that, I can look back up and do my reaffirmation. But I saw it earlier today. Pretty sure it was 2015. I will get the double check on that in just a little bit. Uh, but in that one, Owen White left away the senior guard uh, from Rhinelander, Wisconsin, uh, 23 for South Alabama. 
big win. The Jaguars, a Cinderella run of sorts, if you will. They're rolling on to the Sun Belt Championship game, which will be played, I believe, tonight. Yes, it is, against the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, who are the two seeds. So we'll, we'll give a little snapshot of their She's road there. Raging Cajun. Nice. Got Sorry, you, buddy. Didn't mean to uh, uh, it's all good. It was right there. It was right know? there in front of you. I had to take the opportunity. Yeah. Anyways. But uh, I thought, uh, wasn't Liberty a uh, Sun Belt school? No, they're in the A Sun. We'll talk oh, about them in a little the bit. A Sun, okay. Talk about them in a little bit here as we get to tomorrow's games. Just scrolling through Saturday. Kentucky, top 25 now. Big winning against Arkansas, wrapping up their regular season. Auburn beat Tennessee at home. Mm. Uh, let's see. Any other notable results, either power conference or conference tournament wise? Uh, close to home, anyone? I'll talk about a, a, a PA school in just a little bit. Um. Bradley got a semifinal win, 71-70 over Indiana State. The Sycamores fell. The Braves went on to the Missouri Valley Final but lost to Drake pretty badly. Uh, Like I mentioned, Drake, one of the teams to get the automatic ticket punched uh, with their Missouri Valley Conference tournament win. So congratulations to the Drake Bulldogs, their second tournament appearance since 2019. Uh, I believe they played in the first four game that year. Uh, They were 12 seed, I think, but I think they lost. Not sure. We'll have to look back on that. But I think they were in the first four because I do think I remember watching that game. I forget who they played, though. Memories blanking me, but they did make the tournament that year. So. Okay, buddy. Second bid since 2019. Texas played Kansas in a big-time Big 12 showdown. 75-59, the Longhorns get the victory at home. They gear themselves up in decent position going into the Big 12 tournament. That starts on Wednesday, March 8th. So we'll uh, preview that a little bit on the Wednesday show. Uh, but as for this one, uh, keep going through Saturday's games. A lot of games on Saturday. Top 25 turn in the ACC, Miami wraps up the regular season with a win over Pitt by two at home, 78-76. to 76. Uh, We're going to shift back to the Sun Belt, a.k.a. the Fun Belt, uh, that saw both the one and the three seed in the conference go down in the quarterfinals. Mentioned Southern Miss, the one seed lost to the eight seed South Alabama. Uh, well, the 11 seed Texas State said, hold up, wait a minute. I'm gonna pull it off even better I as thought a you higher were, seed. No, I knew you. I knew. I you thought were. you were pulling out some Meek Mill. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. No, I did not go that route. Wow. Were you thinking about it? Was it on the tip of your tongue? No. Uh, Was there? A, y'all thought I was finished coming? No. No. I mean, I could have said that, but that would have been pretty funny. Severe cringe. That would yeah. have been immediate sweeper. Yep. Yeah. That's why I didn't go that route? <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't even honestly think about that. Honestly, <laughs> there was a couple of routes I could have went. One definitely not friendly on air, so that's why we didn't say. What did you think? Uh, well, I'll tell you on break. Unfriendly way is there? Well, I I don't know if it's un. Not a thing you could say on air, but I didn't want to risk it. You know? ah, playing okay. it cautious. Wow. Playing it cautious on this Wednesday. On Wednesday. Not playing with it's that Monday aggressive morning. mindset, you know? Yeah, no. But uh, Texas State beat Marshall 71-68. Marshall team I really liked. They're the two top scorers uh, in the in the Sun Belt Conference, uh, being in Tavion Kinsey and along with uh, Andrew Taylor. So, fortunately, they will not get a run of March Madness. They could have been an exciting team to watch with their guard play. But they lost. So, it was not to be. To be or not to be? Not to be for Marshall. Uh, but wow, yeah, harsh, yeah, harsh. But they lost. Is what it is. You know, <laughs> got to win to move on, right? Every time you say Marshall, I think of Paw Patrol. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fired up. <laughs> oh my goodness! You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. Yeah, I do know. What he you're was saying. cute. Marshall was my favorite. Come on, man. Wasn't he like the clumsy one? Yes. Yes. Yeah. You telling me you didn't love Marshall? Isn't Chase like the cop one? Yes. Okay. That's what I thought. He's the one that got canceled. 
<laughs> we got to get back into college basketball. We're not wasting any more time talking about this. Uh, SoCon Championship, uh, the, the tournament there. Chattanooga, last year's reigning champs, who went in as a 13 seed and just fell to 4 seed Illinois in last year's tournament. Well, they will be going back to the SoCon final. Uh, they beat the two-seeded Sanford, and they beat the, believe, the three-seed. Uh, no, they beat the six-seeded Wofford in their run to the SoCon final. They will have a rematch of last year's thrilling SoCon final uh, where David Jean-Baptiste sent the mocks to the NCAA tournament on a near-half-court buzzer beater to eliminate the Furman Paladins. Furman, who's the one-seed this year, looking to get some sweet, sweet revenge uh, against Chattanooga. I'm sure both these teams going to be amped up for that one with an NCAA tournament bid on the line, and I'm sure the Paladins looking to get some sweet, sweet revenge. They can shoot the lights out of it from three-point range. Uh, does Furman, that's kind of just their team identity, led uh, by senior guard Mike Bothwell, who has been there for now five years. He's been a Furman Paladin through and through, averaging 18 a game. Interesting to see how that matchup will turn out. That is tonight. Uh, so we will see one of those tickets get punched with one of those two teams. Can the Mocs make it back-to-back for the first time since the early 90s? Or will Furman get their first bid, I believe, in at least a couple years? I, I Again, I saw it on Twitter, just did not remember the year. Got to be better than that. That's on me. Uh, but let's see. American East, real quick, just wrap up there. Vermont continues to be the class of that conference there in their conference semifinals, as uh, I'm sure the, the Catamounts will get another bid to the NCAA tournament. They've won seven straight regular season titles. Uh, so they're, they're just a power in the America East, even with some new teams coming in. Uh, it's still Vermont's conference uh, until proven otherwise. A March Madness darling from a couple years ago, Oral Roberts. They're looking to roll back into the NCAA tournament there in the Summit League semifinals. They will take on St. Thomas, uh, Minnesota tonight, 7 p.m. The Golden Eagles, 13-point favorites. Uh, they will look to go back to the Summit League final, uh, I believe, for the third straight year. I don't know if they made it last year. Just occurred to me, I can't locate Minnesota on a map. Interesting. Yeah. That's a little interesting. But is it like, I don't know. I don't know. Ohio? <laughs> it's not, what? <laughs> it's by the way, it's next to Wisconsin. Is it next to Wisconsin? Yes. Oh. It borders Canada. Oh, that Minnesota. Minnesota. I totally forgot about Minneapolis, Minnesota. Oh my God. I just, I think I just thought that state was Minneapolis. So. Oh, I feel bad. Now. I totally can locate Minnesota on a map. Sure. No, it's Missouri that I have trouble with. Just north of Arkansas, I think. Which is touching Bordering. Texas. Uh, maybe. I think it's it's, it's think, like the it top touch, right of Texas. Touch Texas and Louisiana, right? Because it's top right of Texas, so it's top left of Louisiana. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I yeah. Believe you're right about that. 50 nifty United States. Yeah. From 13 original colonies. Yes. Uh, well, speaking of Ohio, you kind of yeah. gatewayed that, that transition point. Uh, Ohio Valley Conference Final. Crazy ending to this one. Uh, Tennessee Tech hit a turnaround jumper, which they thought to believe to be a game-winning three. It was not. It sent the game into overtime, being a tying long two shot uh, before Southeast Missouri State won by seven in OT, 89-82. They are going to the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2000. Tennessee Tech was that close to going to their first NCAA tournament since 1963. Oh, boy. Say oh, to wow. say it's been a bit of a drought for the Tennessee Tech Golden Eagles, uh, but not to be this year. Unfortunate. Hate to see it. That's uh, in the a NAC, long time. In the NEC, Fairleigh Dickinson, uh, we saw this last year with Bellarmine, who won their conference championship game, but Jacksonville State 
The runner-up went to the NCAA tournament because Bellerman was ineligible. Happens this year, Fairley Dickinson. What makes them ineligible? Uh, they were in a transitional period from Division Two to Division One. Mm. So Merrimack will be playing Fairley Dickinson in the NEC title game, but it doesn't mean anything because Fairley Dickinson will get the auto bid because Merrimack is ineligible for the NCAA tournament because they are in a transition period from Division Two to Division One. So, gotcha. Congrats to the Knights. Of congrats to both teams. Fairley Dickinson. Yeah, good run for Merrimack too. I mean, they they will put that trophy in their case if they win it because they will be by def- by label the 2022 NEC champions or 2023 NEC champions, yep. shall I say? So. Uh, let's see, any other Saturday games that uh, had pretty big implications? Not specifically. Um, actually, there was a couple. Uh, UCLA and Arizona, top 10 showdown, top two teams in the Pac-12. UCLA gets uh, revenge. They get the better of the Arizona Wildcats, clinching the one seed in the, uh, in the Pac-12 tournament. Uh, and the Bruins have won 10 in a row. They are very, very good. 27-4, and 18-2 in the Pac-12 Wildcats kind of scuffling here down the stretch. They're 25 and 6, but have six conference losses. Uh, does Arizona. They'll be the two seed going into the Pac 12 tournament, but two teams who have capabilities to go far in March. So I'm more so confident it's UCLA than Arizona, but both can go far. Uh, anything else Saturday wise? Double OT uh, in, the, in the West Coast Conference tournament. They have an interesting conference setup. So the top two teams get a buys all the way to the semifinals. Wow. Being St. Mary's and Gonzaga. And you might be sitting here and wondering, why do they do that? Well, the WCC is not a big conference, as you could probably come to that conclusion of. And you get more money as a conference by sending a team to the tournament and having chances to win games. So by Gonzaga or St. Mary's, who are both tournament locks, going there, you have a shot to get more money because you get like certain payouts by how many tournament games you appear in or, or win mm-hmm. being. So by send, by ensuring that St. Mary's and Gonzaga have no chance of missing the tournament, it ensures that your conference has a chance for more money uh, by, by them winning games and appearing in games and this and that. So it's actually pretty smart if you think about it. Yes. Because they're a smaller conference, and they want to ensure that their best teams get to the NCAA tournament. So they can get more money, create more good teams, and then send those teams to the conference. Yes, Or exactly. just pocket it and run away. So <laughs> you could. No, it gets evenly divided out throughout the conference. Got so it. every team gets like a, you know, a piece of the pie. You know what I'm Sweet. saying? Nice. So it's for the betterment of the conference. Is why they do it. For the good of the group, Jack. Yeah, I, I, I think that's their message. But, people uh, helping people. Yes. Yes, it is. We're going to move on to Sunday's. Oh, yes, Sunday. But also being yesterday, I mean, wow. A lot of crazy games. Houston and Memphis in the, in the AAC wrapping up the regular season. Jamal Shedd, buzzer beater, mid-range jumper, 67-65. The Cougars, the number one team in the country, remain number one with a big road win and an emphatic FedEx Forum at Penny Hardaway's Memphis Tigers. Memphis, I think, should still be in the tournament regardless, but if they could have got that win over Houston, that would have been a huge resume builder at that. Even though Memphis is 23-8, and they've had a very good season. Should be in the NCAA tournament. Real right quick, before we go to break, Penn State, the Nittany Lions, trying to keep their tournament hopes alive, and they might have just locked up a bid to the NCAA tournament with their win yesterday. A thriller. Uh, my brother and I were watching this one second half uh, down our living room. And it was crazy. Down the stretch, Maryland was up by 10 with around 7 minutes left. You thought, does Penn State have it in them? Yes, they did. Uh, Seth Wandy down by, uh, was it 2? Yes. No, no, no. 1. It was 64-63. Final seconds. Pickett drives inside. Back outside. Lundy for a 3. No good. But Cameron Winner 
Johnny on the spot gets the rebound, puts it in with seven-tenths of a second left. Wow. No, five-tenths of a second left. Wow. And the Nittany Lions get a regular season capping W at the Bryce Jordan Center against the Maryland Terrapins. Penn State with the W ensures they get a first-round bye, so they'll be playing on Thursday for their first Big Ten tournament game. Maryland does not get the double bye with the loss, so they will be playing also on Thursday instead of playing on Friday in the Big Ten quarterfinals. Penn State's path, they will meet Illinois. Uh, Penn State being the 10th seed, they will play Illinois in, the, in, the, in their second-round game. The winner will go to play Northwestern, uh, and then the winner of that would go on to play the winner of Indiana and whoever they meet up with. Uh, so Penn State already beaten those two teams. They swept Illinois in the season series. They beat Northwestern uh, actually just recently in early March, one of their two games in March. They Impressive. went on the road, got an OT win against Northwestern. So those are two teams that they have beaten Yeah, we didn't even at talk least about already that. That was once. a big game, though. They needed that it was. one to get in. They needed that. Uh, but I think another win against Illinois, I think, puts Penn State in the field for a guarantee. So Nittany Lion fans... Don't rejoice just yet, but you are on the cusp of being able to celebrate. March 12th will be your official celebration date because you can see the Nittany Lions in the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2011. Jalen Pickett, baby. Seth Lundy, Miles Dredd and company, along with Andrew Funk. Funk, Funk, excuse me. Wow, that was a slip up. Funk, Andrew Funk, the Bucknell transfer, a huge part of that Penn State team, leading them to an almost NCAA tournament bid. Uh, but they got a they got a little bit work to do uh, for that. So Big Ten tournament should be fun to look at. Uh, yeah. Mitch, anything added before we go to our final break? Nah, I'll just uh, let's, nah. We'll take it on the other side. Bunch more uh, NCAA men's basketball tournament, also known as March Madness talk, coming up. Uh, me and Jack will be uh, discussing the top teams, the chance to uh, the teams with the chance to win it all. The teams just barely getting in, like Penn State. Uh, you know, talking about all things uh, in the conference uh, championship conference tournaments coming up and uh, everything else uh, of this great time of year that Jack is totally selling me on the last couple weeks. All that and more coming up. Final 20 minutes of heavy hitters after this. Sounds good. We will be back. A lot more to talk about on Sunday and then previewing tonight's things. So plenty more coming right next. Heavy hitters, Radio Voice of Coastal University, KUR. And welcome back to Heavy Eaters, everybody here on the Radio Voice of Coastal University, KUR cuts down. Jack Heim, Mitchell Smedley here wrapping it up. On this Monday morning, we were talking about Penn State Big Ten Tournament all things college basketball as we gear up for the Power Six Conference tournaments starting as early as tomorrow with the first round of the ACC tournament and and the Big Ten and Big 12 along with others starting on Wednesday. So a lot to look forward to with that. Wrapping up our recap of yesterday's games. I was talking about Penn State. Uh, Illinois uh, nearly got a big road win against Purdue. Purdue was up by as much as, I believe, 18 uh, before getting it tied at 67. Boilermaker survives 76-71 and get the Big Ten regular season title. Moving on, Big South Championship. I mentioned this one earlier. UNC Asheville and Campbell, and it looked like the Fighting Campbells were going to go back to the NCAA tournament for the first time since 1992. Not to be. They were up by 14 with seven minutes left. The Bulldogs at UNC Asheville led by the Fantastic play, I should say, of Tajon Jones, the senior from Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Scored as many as 10 in a row to pull the Bulldogs within four. UNC Asheville gets the win, 77-73. They get the auto bid out of the Big South going to the NCAA tournament. Congratulations to them. They went from 1-27. and Oh, no, 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 4-27 and just five short years ago and wow. now are back in the NCAA tournament. That's how about, crazy. How about that? Did you say the other team was the Fighting Campbells from Campbell? 
Campbell fighting camels. Oh, camels. Yeah. Oh. Oh, I thought you said, yeah, we're the Campbell uh, fighting camels. I was like, that would have been fun. It's like the Philadelphia Phillies. <laughs> that would have been funny. Yeah. And it, fighting camel. I, <laughs> I never knew someone had a camel as their mascot. That's, I like it. Yeah. I'm in for that. Um, yeah. Congratulations. Uh, four and 27 for, was it Asheville? Yeah. A couple years ago. That's insane. So that's insane. That's quite the journey. Their first trip to the NCAA tournament since 2016. Trust the process. So there you go. How about that? That's awesome. That's a really great story. Yes, it is. Uh, Colgate, uh, perennial Patriot League power going back to the Patriot League final after a 91 74 win at home versus Army. They will be meeting up with the sixth seed from Pennsylvania, the Lafayette Leopards. Nice. They took down. American University last night in double overtime and a big win for the Leopards at that. They got a shot at the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2015. Colgate looking for, I believe, their fourth appearance uh, since, uh, third appearance, excuse me, I think, since 2019. So uh, Colgate has been in the tournament consistently out of the Patriot League. They're looking to get back yet again this season. By the way, Lafayette, uh, if they were to somehow pull off that stunner with their 22 losses, would be the most by an NCAA tournament team ever. Wow. So how about that? Lafayette is 11 and 22 when they're one win away from the NCAA tournament. Can you believe it? That's insane, man. That's insane. Crazy. I think some of these other happens. teams would like to have to just win 12 games. Yeah, that'd exactly. be nice. That would be nice. That would be nice. Mentioned South Alabama in the final. They beat JMU yesterday, 75-66. Alabama wins. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh my goodness! Colonial Conference <laughs> I tournament. Got you with that one. <laughs> yeah, Colonial Conference tournament. I mean, the the quarterfinals were. A lot of blowouts. Hofstra blitzes William and Mary, 94-46. Your cousin. Yeah. Shout out to my cousin Tyler. Hofstra going to the CAA semifinals. He'll be taking on UNC Wilmington tonight. Another UNC team. How yeah, about that? at 6 o'clock. Wow. Uh, as they got a 73-68 win over Drexel yesterday. Charleston, College of Charleston, wallop Stony Brook, 74-52. They'll be going on to the CAA semis to take on the Towson Tigers, who dominated Delaware. Uh, where is that? 86-60. So... It's the top four teams all in the semifinals. One versus four, two versus three, and the Colonial. No madness there this year. Uh, let's see. Where else we want to go here? Already talked about Chattanooga. Indiana wrapping up the big time regular season. 75-73 overtime win at Assembly Hall against Michigan. They hang on and survive in overtime. A-Sun final. Kennesaw State Liberty. You want to talk about a good story? couple years ago, Kennesaw State went 1-27 in Amir Abdur-Rahim's first year as the Owls head coach. This year, they beat Liberty by one point in the A-Sun final. They are going wow. to the NCAA tournament for the first time in school history. That's crazy. Congratulations to Kennesaw State. The Owls are going dancing. <laughs> That's why I love this time of year, man. That's so fun. Those types of stories. That's so fun. Just the excitement in that program right now. They had a School high in attendance yesterday. I believe just under four thousand. If I'm not if I'm not incorrect there, I think it was just th- I think it was right around thirty eight hundred. It was a sellout uh, in awesome. attendance for the A Sun final. But the Kennesaw State Owls from Marietta, Georgia, are going to the NCAA tournament. Incredible, How about it? incredible. How about it? Their first season going over five hundred since they came to Division One in two thousand six, and they are going dancing. How about that? That's awesome. What a story. What a story there. I mean, that that's just what makes this type this this time of year feel feel so special. You know, the emotion on both sides. You know, Liberty trying to get back Darius McGee, maybe one last run for him. 
Um, no, sir. But on the flip side, it, it gets denied uh, with Kennesaw State going to the NCAA tournament with the automatic bid out of the A Sun. Late last night, might not have been tuned into this one, but you might have had, you, you missed a, a special event. Big Sky Tournament has been turned upside down. Eastern Washington, the odds on favorite heavily, and the one seed, they went 16 and 2 in conference play. They were 22 and 9 entering last night, and their season ended on the hands of a Oakland Fort buzzer beating three from the nine seeded Northern Arizona Lumberjacks. 81 80. The Lumberjacks going to the Big Sky semifinals. Yeah, it's weird. So if you so the nine beat the one in the second round, but they bypass the quarterfinals and are going straight to the semis. What? Oh, because they just get the bye that they because there's nine there's ten teams in the conference. Oh wow! So they do a first round of nine versus ten, seven versus eight. Winners go on to play the top two seeds, the four versus the five, and the three versus the six play in the quarterfinals. And the winner of the one versus nine goes right to the semis. Wait, 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 wait. Nine versus ten in the first round. And seven, seven versus eight. Why wouldn't it be seven versus ten? Eight. Versus I eight? I know. What? Doesn't make sense. Okay, so those. Okay, so then you have one through six, and you have the winner of those two games. Yeah, so that's eight teams. Yeah. All right. So then nine beat one. Nine beat one. Okay. Eighty-one eighty. So now Northern Arizona at eleven and twenty-two is going to the Big Sky semifinals to take on the winner of Idaho State and Montana. Okay. Wow. Would which would be the four or five? So it'd be a four and a five, playing the nine in the semis to go to the championship game. How about that? That's crazy. But the two seed Montana State, they stay alive. Uh, with an 84-73 win last night over, I believe, 8C Northern Colorado. I'm going to get a quick confirmation of that. Yes, 8C Northern Colorado. So nice. They will move on to the semifinals by the winner of the 3-seeded Weber State and 6 seed Sacramento State. I just love the name Big Sky. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> so, I am going to win the Big Sky. I don't know why I did that voice, but it's it's a fun name. Let me have fun. All right. Uh, let's read one more K Renault notebook before... The end of today's show. Attention, KU community. The Women's Center would like to invite you to Body Doubling, held every Tuesday from 12 to 1 p.m. Come to this scheduled hour to focus on your work in the presence of others. Please be sure to attend. This message for your is brought to you by Radio Voice Coast University, KUR. We are back, wrapping it up. College basketball talk. We talked about all things yesterday, but now we got to talk about all things today. We have the semifinals of the Colonial with Hofstra and Wilmington meeting up. And Towson and College of Charleston should be interesting to see who goes to the final there. Uh, Hofstra and College of Charleston had a very, very fun showdown earlier this year, an 85-81 win for the Pride uh, down in Charleston, South Carolina. But I, I would like to see those two teams square off again. Uh, but I think out of these teams, I think Towson's an interesting pick. If they can get by College of Charleston, they gave Hofstra some fits earlier. They split the regular season series. It was a blowout win for Towson. It was a scratch-and-claw kind of win for the Pride uh, by four points on their home floor as Speedy Claxton and Hofstra tries to lead themselves to the tournament, headlined by Aaron Estrada and Tyler Thomas, the backcourt senior guard duo, uh, trying to get the pride back to the NCAA tournament. This could be an interesting two-bid league, maybe. If, if Kyle Charleston goes to the finals and lose, they would be 29-3. and three. Mm. Yeah. No, they would be 30-3. and three. With a win tonight, they'd be 30-3. and three. If they lose in the conference title game, I, I don't know how you can keep them out with 30 wins. Yeah, that's an impressive resume. And they're just a very, very good basketball team. Yep. Five double-digit scores on average, and their sixth has over nine points a game on average. They are a very, very good basketball team. I would love to see Hofstra and Charleston tango again in the CAA final. Would be a fun one. That would be happening tomorrow night, 7 p.m. tip. Uh, as for tonight, BYU, 
St. Mary's meeting the WCC semis. St. Mary's trying to go meet Gonzaga for the WCC title. Both teams split the regular season series. A win in uh, in Spokane for, for Gonzaga. And St. Mary's got a win on their home floor in uh, Malaraga. I think it's the town they play in. Gotcha. Could, be, could be so butchering that. It <laughs> might be. But I just went on a limb and went for it. Uh, Horizon League semifinals. Cleveland State. The three seed will meet the two seed in Milwaukee Panthers. Uh, and kicking off the night there is the one seed Youngstown State and the four seed Northern Kentucky. I think Northern Kentucky is a team uh, who could push Youngstown State. NKU kind of known for their defense. Youngstown State not known for not playing any defense pretty much at all. They're a, an offensive identity-led team. Uh, I think if I had to predict a final, I'd give it to... I'm going to go Northern Kentucky in a stunner. They'll play Milwaukee, and I think Northern Kentucky will get the auto bit out of the Horizon League. That's just my opinion. Uh, but if Youngstown State wins this one, I think I think the winner of Northern Kentucky, Youngstown State, will go to the NCAA tournament compared to Cleveland State and Milwaukee. I'm just not really convinced of either team. I don't think either team's that great. So give me the one or the four uh, to go to the NCAA tournament there. Uh, Oral Roberts, I think, is going to beat St. Thomas out of Minnesota pretty easily. They're 13-point favorites. Uh, give me the Golden Eagles to roll on to the Summit League final. Then you have South Dakota State playing North Dakota State. Uh, North Dakota State led by the firepower of NBA prospect Grant Nelson, who averages 18 points a game and nine rebounds. Uh, but outside of that, North Dakota State doesn't really have a whole lot. I think they do not win, though. South Dakota State, uh, led by Zeke Mayo, uh, will be going to the Summit League final to meet Oral Roberts. And I think Oral Roberts, with the auto bit of the NCAA tournament, uh, Oral Roberts just so good this year, led by Max Aismas. Uh, Connor Vanover, the Arkansas transfer. I like the Golden Eagles. Oral, Oral Roberts, I think, will be going dancing. Um, let's see. Big Sky quarterfinals. You got Weber State, Sacramento State, like I already mentioned. Uh, give me Weber State. Uh, Damian Lillard's alma mater. Give me the, what are they? I believe the Panthers. Uh, could be wrong about that, but some type of cat. I see it here. Hmm. Uh, so give me that. Give me, give me Weber State to go to the Big Sky semis. They would be meeting Montana State. As for the other one, Northern Arizona, Northern Arizona will get the winner of Idaho State and Montana. Give me the Grizz. Montana will go to play them. Uh, I'll give a winner on Wednesday because that'll be happening on Wednesday. Uh, but as for the rest of tonight, Southland, second round, McNeese playing Nichols. I don't really think that's too important because I think the winner of this conference will get a 16 seed anyway. But if I had to predict, give me the uh, Texas A&M, C&C Islanders uh, to win this conference. North- Northwestern State's also an interesting school. Uh, I think that, that could push for that. Uh, but I think one of those two teams come over the win. Uh, Nichols, the four seed. I don't really think they're going to make that much of a push. And I don't think it's going to matter who comes out of this conference. Like I said, going to be a 16 seed. More than likely get trounced by a one seed in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Or have to play a playing game and lose there. Uh, it just all depends on who comes out of this conference uh, for me. Uh, but for tomorrow night, well, tomorrow throughout the day and the night, uh, Florida State, my team, takes hey. on Georgia Tech 2 o'clock first round of the ACC tournament. Give me the Noles. I ain't picking against my team. They'll probably win one game and lose after that because they'll go to play, uh, ooh, who was it? Wake, uh, is it Wake Forest? Oh, come on. Who are they playing? Whoever the five seed is, I just, just simply just have any brain fart. So we're going to check. Uh, we're going to go to the standings. It would be Pitt. That's it. Pitt, who Florida mm. State already beat this year. We already beat Pitt. So maybe you never know. Jack's talking himself into it. Maybe talking FSU <laughs> and winning a couple games. They got to get by Georgia Tech first, though. Uh, can't overlook one team uh, before you get started you know, in, in the second round of the tournament. So give me the Noles to win. I like that. UMass and Richmond, 8-10 first round along with Loyola Chicago, the new cover to the conference playing St. Joe's. Not really a whole lot to talk about there. Uh, America East semifinals. I think Vermont, like I mentioned, is going to win this conference at the end of the day. They will play Binghamton. UMass Lowell, New Hampshire in the other game. Give me Vermont versus uh, UMass Lowell. 
21 and 10 Vermont, 25 and 7 UMass Lowell. It could be interesting if those two teams met, but I think Vermont at the end of the day will get the win and get the auto bid. Probably be a 15 seed, I think, if I had to predict it right now. Uh, let's see. Anything else? Anything else? We're talking about the Horizon League, CAA. Uh, any other auto bids get punched tomorrow night? No. Um, there's not. So, yeah. I mean, I kind of just gave a brief snapshot of everything. Uh, with the ACC, Atlantic 10. Uh, the WAC tournament starts tomorrow night, along with the MAAC, where St. Peter's came out of last year. So that could be a fun one to watch, but I think Iona's the, the clear favorite to get out of that conference. They, they've really turned it up a notch in the stretch of the season. Uh, the Gales, re- led by Rick Pitino, on a double-digit win streak. Uh, so that's good for them. But, uh, Mitch, anything else? I've kind of just been spewing a lot out at you. No, I, I like it. Um, so has like we've talked about all these uh, mid-majors and everyone trying to get in and stuff. Uh, jump up to the top real quick. Any thinking changed at the top? Uh, I know Houston played a close game. They still won. Um, anything changed at the top for you? I think Kansas is still the team, you know, like right now. I don't know. There's the vibes around Alabama. I don't know if they can win at all. Houston's an interesting team. They got good defense, led by good guards, experienced Jamal Shad and Marcus Sasser. Uh, but I don't know if they got the recipe to win at all. I think Kansas is my team for right now. Okay. Uh, at this current point in time. And again, uh, we could see things change at the start of conference tournaments, this and that. But uh, right now, I think I'm going to have to lean with the Jayhawks. Uh, we'll be back on Sounds Wednesday, good. though. A lot to talk about on Wednesday. MLB, college basketball, as March Madness draws ever near. Uh, yeah. Thank you all for listening. Stay tuned. Rest of the day, we got uh, Bob and Bobbin coming up at noon for more student-based programming. Once again, thank you all for listening to Heavy Hitters. We'll be back bright and early Wednesday morning, Radio Voice of University, KUR.